He's got the light up headphones and everything. Can't hear talking nothing. Two mics in front of him. Sometimes <laughs> when you get too too flashy, that's what ends up happening. Man, now I got now we got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't even want to. I, I it's recording now. I don't even want to um, jump in on any commentary yet um, because I want to get it. I just want like last yeah. time. Um, so I can hear you, guy. Jim, can do you I hear me? Yeah, I got you. I got you good all right now. So, all right, let's just table this, okay? Because last time we started and then we lost some really good content and then we had to start over and then there we went. All right. So, let's just let me hold off a minute. Let me introduce the podcast and then we'll dive in. Fair enough. Sounds so, good. good. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Row Hunting Resources Podcast. All right. Um, yeah. December 29th. Um, yeah, long time no talk. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, so there's 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 too much to there's yeah. Without spending an hour um, talking about what the hell's been going on in my life and where I've been and why and all the other stuff that that will come out uh, over the course of the next weeks and months. Um, but these past several months, yeah, I got done with elk season. You know, I did a podcast with Guy DeClancia with um, Western Contours podcast back in September, and I was not in a good mental state, I guess. People people wanted to know what was going on. Um, and there was a lot, and that's the problem. The, the reality is, and let's just let's just jump right to it. There there was a lot there's there was and still is a lot going on in my world, uh, both personally uh, and with very close friends. Um, with some of the people I work with, uh, some family members, and so it, that that's outside of just generally what I've been doing this past fall. So you know, September came and went. Uh, elk season was what elk season was. I will do at least a podcast, if not more than one podcast, about elk season. I haven't forgotten all about all my elk folks out there. But as soon as elk season's done, if you follow me for any length of time, you know I come back here and, and it's it's a mad scramble it's it's time to get ready for our deer hunts well in years past i've always focused on the first two weeks of september for my personal elk hunt which then usually gives me the freedom of the middle to end of september to do habitat work food plots specifically the cool season food plots that we do out here but also start getting stuff uh lined up early for our deer hunts well again i'm going to go into our my our my uh, elk hunt in the future but um i hunted right straight to well the 29th i got i came home uh the evening of the 29th of september because uh, i had to get some stuff done on the 30th of september and that just puts me two weeks behind and so it was just a mad scramble and given the drought and the conditions and, and again all the other the peripheral stuff that was going on that needed my attention um whether I made the conscious decision to do so or not, or whether I just didn't give a shit. And, I, and I'm going to be honest with you with and when I say that. I prioritized the stuff that I was doing out here and the, and the folks that I was working with and help and friendships and family and other stuff. I prioritized them higher than I did the Row Hunting Resources family and the podcast. Now, I don't know if that was right or wrong, um, but I know some of you were 
uh, and and I let me, let me just say, segue. A bunch of you reached out, and I appreciate you reaching out, and I, I appreciate you uh, checking in on me. And again, if you follow me on social media, I'm not on Facebook that much, I'm uh, or ever. Although my Instagram stuff does cross post to Facebook, but I'm on Instagram, and and people started seeing that I was posting some, let's just say, some interesting stuff uh, on Instagram, and and some of you checked in, and I and I appreciate that. Um, because it, it, some of it dealt with me, but a lot of it dealt with just me trying to process how I was going to help other people. And it just, it took a lot of bandwidth and I'm not going to make any excuses for it. Cause you know, I know there's other people out there that handle multitasking better than I do. Um, regardless, this fall was full of stuff, mentally heavy, emotionally heavy stuff. And I prioritized that as well as my deer hunters uh, above what I was doing with row hunting resources. Good, bad, or indifferent. Many of those things are done now. Um, our deer hunts are done. Uh, some of this, I'm still we're, we're still, we're still dealing with some of the stuff, but the deer hunts are done. Um, and there's other stuff going to be coming down the pipe, but right now it's, it's the point where, you know what? There's no excuse for me not to get back in the saddle. Start talking about issues because, rightfully so, many of you perceive that I have not been, I don't even know how I say it. Maybe you guys can, here in a second, you can chime in on it. But um, I don't even know how I want to classify it. But I have not been happy with what I've seen within the sportsman community of late. I know it was building up over summer, and I talked about some of this stuff. But this fall, it just really came to—I mean, just just ugly in my face. Here it is, and when I talked with Guy back in September, I was in the field and talking with people and dealing with things, and I didn't even have my head wrapped around some of it. But it was just—it just all of a sudden, just things just start getting hurled at me to where. I wasn't in a good mindset. And so Guy and I had a good, I mean, it was a fun conversation. I think everybody enjoyed it, but I don't know if it was very constructive. Um, <laughs> but regardless, it was it was fun. But no, I wasn't in a good headspace. And and this the same thing has continued. And if you followed me for any length of time, or if you uh uh follow uh Jim Huntsman um in his podcast or Guy uh Western Contours podcast, I've been on there. A, uh, a number of times I've been on a bunch of different podcasts, but the one thing about those two is they have been interested in diving into some of the intellectual side of the critique side of maybe some deeper level thinking on some issues like I enjoy doing. And so Jim reached out uh, a few weeks ago and said, Hey, you know, I want to get you guys back on. We had a good discussion the last time the three of us were on uh everybody loved it so how about we do it again and and this is when i was wrapping up the deer hunts and i was like you know what i uh, quite honestly mentally from a from a mental standpoint i needed it because i was just i i needed i needed to 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 have a break and just engage with somebody else and just get back in the swing of things so jim when was that it was uh the 22nd what was it the 22nd did we release that other uh, episode? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was. I think it was like. Yeah. I think we recorded it. it yeah, it, it was right before Christmas. It was two or three days before Christmas. I'm just. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, because it took. It was like, actually the twentieth. Yeah, okay, there we go. Say we say we recorded on the twentieth. Um, and Jim had. A, I mean, Jim was right. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that we wanted to talk about, and there was no way in hell we were going to talk about it in one podcast. And so the the idea came up with, and in absolutely, uh, Jim, I'll I'll I'll, I'll let you segue to yours here in a, in a minute, but um, in the beginning of that discussion, we we realized that there was going to be way too much to talk about, and so I made this suggestion, I'm like, well, why don't we do this? Since we got three different podcasts, and we know that this discussion is going to be big, why don't we kind of split this discussion up or have this discussion across three different, at least three different um, get-togethers, and we just release them each you know, each one across each of our own podcast platforms. Um, so like you said, uh, on the 22nd, um, we recorded the first one with Jim. Um, well, I, I guess they, there we go. Let, let's just, uh, let's just dive in Jim uh, and introduce. So I've got Jim Huntsman, uh, Jim, introduce yourself. And when, when, and when, and where was that podcast dropped? And then give me a, what did uh, people think of it? Yeah. So we, we released that podcast. Like uh, I'm Jim Huntsman, host of the Western Huntsman podcast. Uh, and Chris, I appreciate you doing this, man. This is going to be cool. Uh, we dropped that podcast, uh, with, with Chris and Guy Duplanchier of Western Contours on December 2nd, or no, I'm sorry, December 20th. Um, the the reaction and kind of my goal out of it, Chris, was exactly what what we did is I I feel like there is a lot of people that are whether it's through a podcast or a YouTube channel or, or just a social media post or something that are very well aware of some of the issues we face as hunters, uh, whether it's anti hunting or or how much conservation dollars are going to where and what even conservation is and. Uh, all these things that, and and nobody wants to talk about them in, in a very serious or deeper or more intellectual way. You know, everybody, it's like so surface level, you or, know, or, it's, it's or, not or to be, or sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but or no, you're good. Fair, and, and, and this is what I want. I'm going to, I'm going to qualify some things here in a second, but to be fair, or, or they don't know how to, and, and that's, yeah, that, not that's a, true. and I don't, and I don't mean that to be, um, I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful or, um, um, I, whatever, whatever adjective I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it that way, Chris, because yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I know how to, I just know that conversations need to be a little bit more real about what's going on and, and less surface level and less, uh, walking on eggshells and, and let's tell each other how we feel. Let's talk about what's, what's going on and what the reality is instead of just kind of dancing around these, these deeper topics. And then, uh, you know, where, where, uh, everybody loves a good how to hunt elk or how to hunt pheasants or how to chase whitetails kind of podcast, right? I I love them as much as anybody, but but we need deeper conversations and we need people to start being a little bit more honest and a little bit less formal about what they're talking about in an effort to not offend anybody or upset anybody else. And I think we achieved that uh, because you asked what the reaction has been. Man, it was fire uh, when I released that that episode. Um, I, I got several most, and, and honestly, most of them were, uh, were positive comments and, and reactions in a sense of, Hey, this is something I didn't really think about. I didn't know this was such a problem. I didn't know that this was this way. Um, and so we got a lot of that. I got a lot of, I, I got a few, uh, you know, 
hate emails too. <laughs> good. Excellent. And, and that's good because that's the goal, right? We then, want then, people to think about it. Good. Okay. Then, then let's pause a minute and, and we'll die. We'll, we'll use that as a, as a callback, if you will, or we'll cert, we'll do a Jen Saki and we'll circle back to that uh, at the end. Cause I, cause I do. Um, and maybe yeah. some of what I'm going to talk about, what, what I want to say here uh, in a minute um, will help dispel or settle down some of that angst. Um, all right. So again, Jim, uh, the Western Huntsman podcast, you've, you've been doing a good job all fall releasing podcasts and, and good discussions. You sent that first one out on your platform. And here's the second installment of our discussion. It's going to be on this one. Um, Guy, go ahead and introduce yourself uh, as well and where your what your platform is. And, and then we'll go from there. Good deal. Uh, appreciate you doing this. Uh both of you guys really, but yeah, part two with Chris here, uh, but Guy Duplanche, Western Contours podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, if you don't know, you don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> you're, 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 you're in number two position of being lazy this fall. Cause you know, I think you did one more podcast than I did. I think so. I think you're right. And I did that and I was like, man, and I have a bunch stockpiled, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna wait till the first of the year. And, and quite honestly, like you were saying, Chris, you know, you and sometimes I get in my own headspace, right? I get in my own way with stuff and I'll, um, the wheels will start turning and I'm like, am I, am I doing any good? Is it doing any good to have these conversations? And, and I have to struggle with myself before I'm OK, right? I just don't want to have the platform or, you know, my voice or someone else's voice just to push out an episode. Um, and it, it just drives me crazy. So I'll, right. I'll man, right. I'm in like, you know, this, this constant, you know, turmoil, um, like you said, with the stuff you see and, and it's just like, man, what are we doing? What are we doing to ourselves? So did you go back and did you listen to our podcast? Did, yeah. did you listen to that? What, what, yeah, was, your, to what was your take on it? What, I mean, when you listened to it, what did you, did you, My, did you come How did you, how did you perceive it? It's always, okay. It's always fun talking to you guys right because who knows lord only knows if he knows where it's gonna go the one the one thing that stood out to me the most was hmm, the average sportsman just probably doesn't know and we're just like everything else we're waiting for someone else to lead the way right it is kind of the resounding thought i had over the last couple weeks after you know hearing it and thinking about you know part two is going to be coming up and then part three and where do we go with that um so i'm I'm actually curious to hear what jim has to say i want to hear the negative ones the good ones are great those are easy to get right um right but but jim kind of said it you know right there is Folks were like, huh, I didn't even think of that. And and mm-hmm. that again, that was my thought after listening to it. I'm like, man, man, folks just don't know. They just don't realize it. Going back to that episode, we just want to be left alone. Right. So we're not even in that realm of thought process most of the time. And I think exposure to it is what triggers us, right? Is is wanting to make a difference and having input and seeing that we can have an impact and we're really not. So that All was, right. you know, in a nutshell. <laughs> All right. So. No, I, I appreciate that. And so like, like I said, Jim, I, let's, let's put a pin in the negative comments. I, I want to, 
Do not let us finish this episode without bringing those up. Okay. But I okay. want to, but I want to bring those up at the end because I'm going to be very curious at whether or not we address some of those things in this discussion. And this discussion, I completely changed what I, what I was thinking I wanted to do. And I, and I sent you some, I sent both of you guys some videos through Instagram and we're, we're going to, we're going to touch on some of those. Mm -hmm. I was not happy with that podcast. I wasn't either. I'll be honest with you. I, I wasn't super thrilled about it. Achieved some things that I wanted to wanted to achieve, which was get people thinking. But I I feel like we really missed the boat. Okay, and, so, and it's my fault. It was now, it was my now, it was my fault. I, I, I actually, you know, okay, you know, if you want to go down the Jocko Willink side, maybe. But quite honestly, it's mine. Um, I was not satisfied with it because I think it sounded more of me just ranting and some of us just ranting. And there was like no cogent direction. Like what the freaking hell? Where's the, where are we starting? First of all, why the freaking hell are we talking about this? Where yeah. are we starting? And where are we going? There was none of that now. Yeah. And there was no roadmap. And here's the problem and what people don't understand. And this is our, this was our, this is our fault. This was a, a legit failure. I, I'll, I'll own it. It's my mind because I'm the one who started this damn thing. Like I'm the I'm the one who started the criticism of hunting is conservation. I I hate that freaking hashtag. Just like I hate the hat that the you know the the hashtag public landowner. I hate both of those. And I'm going to get to some of of why in the, in a minute. But I'm the hashtag one hashtag me too. Yeah, right. There you go. So here's and and I and we never qualified it. So people, in, okay, I'm I'm. I've got freaking an outline, man. I've got like pages, I, and I'm going to try, try, try. I, I have like an like an idea, and I've got an, a sketch, like a, I've got a storyboard. I've got the whole damn thing outlined, so we can hopefully stay on track. This is going to be a couple hours again, but we'll, hopefully we'll stay on track. And and here's where I'll own my uh, failure in this, and I'm not happy with myself about it. I have not been I have not been in the public sphere and vocal in the public sphere for several months. But that does not mean I have not been engaged in what's been going on in the sportsman community these past several months. I mean, guy, you and I had a discussion in September, but even that wasn't as good as I wanted it to be because I had prior to that had multiple conversations with a bunch of different people on a bunch of different topics. Now all the topics are related, but there's just it's a spider web these days of this reactive emotional uh just this 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 call to arms of react to react to react. There's this issue, this issue, this issue, mobilize, mobilize this and that and the other. And I'm sitting back here like, hold the freaking phone over here. What the hell are you talking about over there? That's bullshit over there. And how the hell are you making? And so my brain, while I'm dealing with everything else that's going on in my world, I'm I'm the the direct messages, the text messages, the emails are coming through. They're like, Chris, have you seen this? And what about that? I'm like, yeah, I did, and that's bullshit. And but and I'm good. And so what ended up happening, guy, we, you know, when you and I were talking, I was coming into that podcast with everything in my brain. And it, I I was so pissed off about what I was seeing that I don't really know if I articulated well of why I was so pissed off. Like, 
like from starting from the beginning into the end. And so when Jim, you said you wanted to come on and talk, the problem with us, and it's a problem with me, I, you know, we joked in yours that, you know, I, one of the criticisms that people have with me is I, I'm not ever in a, I'm never, never at a lack for something to say. And I know that's, I know that's a limitation for myself. Okay. I understand that. But, well, I think we're all guilty of that, Chris. I mean, th we're, we're podcast hosts for a reason. Well, there you go. But the problem was part of part, part, part of the problem was we had had private conversations, just direct messages and, and, you know, text messages prior these past couple months here and there. You've had your own little discussions with other people here and there. Mm -hmm. Guy, you've had discussions with other people here and there. And so when we came together, we started down the road of, of having the conversation. And all of a sudden, Jim, your recording shot the bed. And so we had to stop, regroup, and start again. And we've got we joked about it in the in the podcast about it's it's hard to get that flow back. But I really for me, I know it it just threw me for a loop because all of a sudden I lost the train of thought where I wanted to go and, and how to organize it. And again, I was not on yeah. that was your podcast. You're you're the you're the driver, you're the captain of the ship. Look at me. You're the, you're the you're the captain now, right? It's it's your it's your podcast. So I I listened to it and I've listened to it three times. All three times I'm like, holy shit, we could have done so. I Chris Rowe could have done much better, and I didn't. And I apologize to you, and I apologize to everybody who had to listen, sit there and listen through that. Now, some people, like I've got, I've got some guys, and and I love them to death. They've told me in the past, they're like, dude, we could just listen to you read Dr. Seuss, and it'd be awesome. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> joke about that. I might just one of these days be like. One fish, two fish, you know, red fish, blue fish. If that happens. I'm running to Kansas yeah. to save him. <laughs> exactly. That I'll does happen. I'll be that sitting was... up on top of my my landowner's green <laughs> and just tingling my feet off the edge. One fish, blue fish, red fish. <laughs> you know, there's something to that, man. I I listened to you rant on about taking care of equipment on on that uh, on the land you're managing there, and and just just discussing all your equipment going to shit. And you went on for like an hour, and Did I was you... way into it. I was and, way into it. So I mean, I mean that's the thing is it, it this it, it's not just me. And that's the thing is that and I want people to understand it's not just me. And and that yeah, for all of you, it's gonna have to be a different podcast. Yes. Um, some of the stuff I've been posting on my social media these days has been um I'm not gonna even say motivational, it's just been thought provoking on there's there's some people, myself included. Uh, to certain levels, there are people that are hurting these things. People that you know that you think you've got, they've got their shit together. And I and I dealt with this uh, with with someone who's close to me. Um, suddenly, uh, I don't know how much I want to share. There's some serious people hurting out. People that you don't even think that might be hting or or you might even they they're good at keeping everything mask. internalized and keeping everything private and and if you're paying attention if you're if you truly care about these people in your life and you're paying attention, you can see when you're like, man, something seems off, 
Yeah. And if you and if you if you dive in and you ask and you truly care and you ask and you start to unpeel you'll peel back some of those layers, there's some shit people are going through that they feel like they're going through alone and they don't need to go through it alone. And so mm-hmm. there's been a lot of that on my social media lately because I don't want any of my friends or any of anybody that listens to my voice to be out there feeling like they're alone because they're fucking not. I is I don't care how you perceive me and whether I'm I I walk on water and I have all my shit together, I'll tell you right now I do not. And and this fall has been an absolute struggle boss. Um for me, for some of the landowners I work with, the wildlife that I love, uh, it's just, you're not alone. And so I want to put some of that stuff out there so people understand you are not alone. And there are there are people out there that do care, but genuinely care about you. And I'm one of them. And I want people to see that. Um, But that has taken, again, it's, it's taken a, a, a chunk of my bandwidth of late. And so... The one thing I realized, Jim, in the discussion we had was I never really articulated why. Like, what? Why do I, in a, in a in an organized framework, why do I have such an issue with some of what's coming out in the sportsman sportsman world these days? And this latest one, hashtag hunting is conservation. You know, blah blah blah. Hunting is conservation. Number one, for those of the people that are critical of me and they be like, dude, you're just ragging on hunters and you hate, you know, oh, what, what's this? You hate hunters now. And, and all of a sudden, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. I love my way of life. And I truly believe that I am genetically predisposed to be this type of person. If I was born in the 1800s, if, the, the late 1700s, early 1800s, hundreds, I really do believe I would have some way, shape, or form. I might have died in the freaking wilderness because I was inadequate, but I would have been one of those guys that said, I'm freaking heading west because mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm getting the hell out of this bullshit of the city. Uh, everything, uh, I'm headed west and I'm, I, I'm that guy that genetically is predisposed to that rugged individualism that I, I, I want to, I, anyway, I, I don't need to say it. so. I love this way of life. I can't see any way that I would exist without that. And and I can provide examples. And I have in in the past where my desire to, my need to get out and hunt had to manifest itself somehow. Uh, And I, and I I know I've shared in the past about my waterfowl uh, hunting days when I was living in Berthoud, Colorado. Uh, on the front range and I really had no real good outlet. And all of a sudden somebody wanted to invite me onto a goose hunting lease outside of Fort Collins. I was like, hell yeah, I'm in. I did. I had never hard. I almost never hunted waterfowl prior to that day. I'd hunted maybe two times prior to that, but it was a, it was a way for me to go out and, and actually hunt. And I went all in getting the layout blinds and the decoys and getting another guy involved. We were digging pit blinds and i mean we went freaking all in and i loved it because i was engaging and i was hunting and i was i was get now fast forward i'm out here in kansas 
I'm doing the turkeys, I'm the deer and the the, the upland bird and every, I'm, I'm managing all sorts of other stuff. We've got waterfowl out. We've got geese. I mean, literally right on some of our, well, no, let me rephrase that. We've got tens of thousands of snow geese on our properties. We've got probably thousands of dark geese on our properties. I haven't brought, the, I haven't gotten the layout blinds out once. I haven't pulled the decoys out. I'm quite honestly probably going to sell them because they're doing nothing. I, I really have no value for waterfowl hunting itself. I, I don't enjoy waterfowl hunting itself. But when I was in, in, in the front range of Colorado and I had no outlet for hunting, that became everything that I needed during the waterfowl season because it was the only outlet I had. So hunting is, is who I am and, I, and I, I cannot be and will never be anyone but a hunter. And I love my hunting community and brothers and sisters. The frustration I have is I have, I'm, I have been on both sides of the fence and the, and the equation, the, both the consumptive use side as well as the conservation side and the environmental protection side, I have sat with sportsmen's groups at the table with legislators trying to put forth good legislative packages and, and to preserve and, and enhance our, our hunting heritage and way of life, as I have also been on at tables, whether it was with senior level agency folks and for you know like from people from the governor's office all the way to heads of natural resources department state agencies while i'm at the table with animal activists in my personal business i have routinely we we wrote ecological services put ourselves on the map because we were willing to step up and go toe to toe against animal activists in the public sector in the private well let me put this at the local at, at the county and local levels of government and public policy. And so I've sat across the table with animal activists, some that are the most batshit crazy people you will ever, ever have the pleasure or displeasure of having to cross paths with. But I've also sat down and talked with animal activists, anti hunters that are some of the most reasonable and mate and and they're, they're, the, they're, they're some of the most intelligent reasoned people that have valid arguments that are the people that are willing to sit down at the table and, and have a discussion I've, I've I've been in the trenches for the for the better part of the 2000s for more than 10 years at the state capital of Colorado all the way down to the private sector and I got tired. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I got fatigued with it. And so when I moved to Kansas, I decided I wanted to try to just put it out of my head and I wanted to ignore it. Here's the problem. And we talked about this, guys, on the previous podcast. And I've, I've brought this up numerous times, probably guy with you. I know on mine, I, I have, I've done again. We talked the progressive ideology. Okay, go back and watch anybody that is interested in this. Go back and watch my YouTube channel. You probably the latest, probably the last video I put up, put out there on the YouTube channel was the understanding ideology. Understanding the progressive ideology. You can have the leftist progressive, the liberal, what people call the liberal progressive, the left leaning progressive, 
or you can have the right-leaning progressive, but the progressive ideology. Ends justify the means. I talk all the time, two types of people in the world. I know I sound like a broken record, but I want you to remember it. Those that wish to be left alone, those that refuse to. Mm -hmm. But I also say the world is run by those who show up. And the problem is the progressive ideology always shows up. They never leave. They never leave. They're like a cancer. They never, you can set them back, but they're never gone. And so as I sat out of the arena and I just sat back, there was times where it was fun for a while, but now I'm watching what's going on politically in within our community. And I'm watching again, the progressive ideology through a bunch of different organizations dominate the discussion dominate the sphere, dominate sportsman influence. At the same time, most of us are getting more. You, we, we talked about it, Jim, last time, where it seems like more and more, you, you mentioned, it seems like more and more we get more, uh, the, the society is run more emotionally, emotional, 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 emotional. And there, there's, there's many, many reasons for that, but it's not, it's, it's not uh, an erroneous observation. No, it is. And the thing that pisses me off is I'm watching sportsmen's organizations purposefully activate sportsmen, the useful idiots. And I'm going to circle back to that in here a little bit because I mean it. Activating sportsmen and activating only the emotional centers of the, the of the brain and, and getting sportsmen to emotionally react to bullshit. And not only bullshit, absolutely what I believe to be long-term destructive to the broad sportsman lifestyle, value set, and if we call it an agenda, maybe an agenda. Jim, uh, or a guy, you even brought that up where you were, you were worried about we were, lo- we're going to lose the long game. And, and you're, you're absolutely correct. And that is what started. I, I just, I'm watching these people, these organizations and individuals. I'm, I'm, they're doing exactly what they did in 2004, 2006, 2010, 2012. It's, it's the same. It's the same. And no one that I, at least that I'm listening to, that I'm exposed to is calling bullshit. And providing the other side of the discussion, the other side of the story. Now, again, if you go to the Jocko Willink School of Extreme Ownership, well, Chris, shut the fucking hell up and just step in to get back into the arena and you be that voice. But yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to be the guy because Jim, you said it, guy, the same. I just want to do my own. I just, want to wrap my head around what I need to wrap my head around, do what I need to do. I don't, I don't want to have to, I don't want to jump back into the world that I was in before. Did I enjoy it back then in a sick, morbid, twisted way? Yeah, I did, (laughs) but it, but it takes up a lot of bandwidth. And right now I'm so fragmented. I don't know how much bandwidth I have. I'm going to have to start lopping shit off on my t- on my table. I'm going to have to start to focus. Um, mm. 
And unfortunately, this is probably going to be one of the things that I have to focus on because like Jim, like you said, guy, I know you've, you've had it before. The number of people that are hungry for this type of intellectual engagement of sportsmen's issues is incredible. G granted, I, I love what Robbie does with, with uh, Blood Oranges, but there's so many times where I'm like, I can't listen to another one of his podcasts. I mean, like, it's okay. Yes, we, we love hunting. Yes, we are tied to the landscape. Yes, this is important. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, what about all the other stuff? Well, somebody's going to have to... So, Somebody's going to have to dive into some of that stuff. I know that Jim, you are in, in in your way. You're doing some of that stuff, guy. You are doing it in some of your way. I'm doing it in some of my way. But I was disappointed in my performance a couple weeks ago, simply because I didn't. I I my mind was so freaking fragmented that I don't believe we had a cogent discussion. And I think maybe if if people were upset about that, it seemed like we were just ranting. We were just bitching. And and quite honestly, I came away with the uh, the attitude or the impression of, did we not just spend two hours doing exactly what we bitched about other people doing, where we just ranted and raved and we didn't move the needle at all? Right. So didn't provide I, a, I, we didn't provide a freaking answer. Right. <laughs> and and see, there you go. And so tonight, tonight, that's a long way around of saying, let's let's see if we can't do something different. So I have an outline, right? Okay. And I, I kind of want to walk through this outline and I'm going to get your feedback um, and I'm going to let you guys go where you need to go. And if, if we start going down too much of a rabbit hole, I'm going to probably yank us back. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm the guy that always wants to go down the rabbit hole, but I, I don't think it's constructive to the average person listening when we're talking about some such complex issues that are all interrelated. No one's talked about it for months and months and months, so we can't just tackle it in one or two. It's gonna, it's yeah. gonna take. We're we're gonna have an onion. It's gonna be multiple conversations, right? And like, we're just gonna have I, to start peeling layers back. We we may be dreaming in Technicolor, just thinking we're gonna do one of these, <laughs> you know, for each of these podcasts. And I I love the idea because. You know, guy, you have your reach. Chris, you have your reach. My show gets, you know, that reach. And, and it, it, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people that are listening to all three of them. There's also a lot of people that only listen to one. And hopefully it's going to help just just get this information out there a lot. Uh, you know, and, and that last episode, by the way, um, you know, you're putting a lot of blame on yourself. But there for for me, I was the same way, man. I, I was fragmented. I due to the the nature of where i live I, I i there was and i don't want to make a bunch of excuses but it was just a really bad time i didn't have any set parameters i didn't have a guideline i just had thoughts in my head that i really need to get this shit off my chest and then when the recording kind of got funky i kind of lost my uh my groove there uh and, and so you know it just but like you said it was a good way to set up now we know what not to do <laughs> and so going forward, we, I, I, let I me, think these, these are going to be better. I, I think I need to qualify all of us, right? Because, and I, and I think we're all in the same boat with this. And it's not just, the problem is, it's, like Chris said earlier, it's a melding, right? It's a melding of everyday life and everyday politics and everyday BS that we see all over the place. Excuse me if you don't think it's BS. Um, most of uh, the guys on this do. Um, and then we're seeing what's going on in the world we'll say right for the lack of a better word and it's coming into the hunting demographic and i think 
it sets us all back on our heels. I know sure as shit, Jim was all over that in that episode. And I know talking to Chris, you know, multiple times about this stuff that it's just all comes together and we see it in something that we so we're so passionate about and we love. You just, you can't, there's no way you can process all those thoughts in a single episode and try and control that. There's just, there's no way, but it's a melding of everyday life into something that we're super passionate about. If we went off on a little bit of a rabbit hole or, you know, we were probably our own worst critics. Um, it's hard not to, right? Because it, looking at what's going on in the world has to scare the shit out of 98% of the people that are walking the face of the earth. And then to go, oh God, you know, my passion, the thing that I love is under the same type of attack. You can't help but to, but to go, oh shit. And then just have all this in your head and blow up. And, and the speed of it. Uh, how many action That's alerts scary have, shit. At, at, how many action alerts have we gotten from Howell, from Sportsman's Alliance, from NW like you you pick the organization. How many how many action alerts have you gotten on your email and your Instagram and everything else? You're like, go oh, act now, act now, act now, act that's like holy, I yeah. can't wrap my freaking head around some of this stuff. And and we're gonna get to that here in a second because it's purposeful. And that's what Yeah, I want to hear this outline. Yeah. All right. So let's okay. Then then let's just then let's dive in the meat and potatoes of this and stop. Well, what, excuse me. Why you're why you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I got a little excited. Uh, uh, I'm gonna listen, but I'm I'm uh, bear with me. I'm taking my coveralls off. I just got done plowing, and it's hot as all get out in this studio. I'm not gonna say whether or not I'm sitting in the studio in my underwear because I left <laughs> Peter on and it's like 90 some <laughs> degrees in here, but regardless, go ahead, get naked. Allow me, allow me, allow me to be the first to undress on this podcast. <laughs> or, 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 yeah. Wait, can neither confirm nor deny. Let's just move on. <laughs> so, okay. So here, here's my, here's my criticism. Okay. Here's why uh, let's just focus on the hunting as conservation standpoint for a minute. All right. Because there's, there's other facets of this discussion that I think we'll dive into, but right now, this is I'm the I'm I'm the guy I I will own it I'm the guy that that brought this 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 criticism up and here's why okay so if we if we go back to the broad concept of North American model of wildlife conservation yes hunting and the 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 value for consumptive use kicked off the what we have today, the the for the again the North American model of wildlife conservation, where if you look back at at what was going on before that, we had market hunting, unregulated hunting, and we were driving species to the brink of extinction. Hell, the passenger pigeon in the United States in North America went extinct in large part because of over harvest. It was used for food for everybody, and it was used for pig. F- I mean, they, they were slaughtering passenger pigeons just to feed the pigs and, and other just that everybody believed that they were so plentiful but that you'd never see the end of them. So they just slaughtered the shit out of them. And eventually what ended up happening is we took them to the point where they could no longer successfully reproduce and the entire population crashed and they went extinct. And so yeah. that so whitetail deer numbers bottom turkeys bottom elk bought so many game species bottomed out that it wasn't until you had the folks like aldo leopold uh 
Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, uh, we can go down the road of what happened at the inception of that, basically how we came up with the North American model of wildlife conservation. But back in the day, when you say hunting is conservation, that was the key. I mean, the hunters were the ones, the ones that had the consumptive use value set that wanted these critters on the landscape so we could hunt them. And we also valued everything else. But because we wanted critters out there we could hunt, we set in motion a mechanism by which the hunters and anglers and blah, 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 others would pay into a system to pay the state agencies to manage wildlife and bring those species back from the brink of extinction and, and bring them back into the, 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 to the populations we see today, right? So the idea of the North America, I, I love the North American model of wildlife conservation. I will, I, you're going to hear me shit on it from time to time, but I love it. It's just like my country. I love, I love our constitution. I love what the framers of our constitution were trying to do. But if, as I look from back then to what I see now going on, no, it ain't the same. Okay, so I might shit on what's going on, but that doesn't mean I do, I shit on the the bedrock of the of the fundamental foundation of of where I stand. And so when I say when when I hear people say hunting is conservation, if if it was back towards the righteous, what I what my mind is the righteous manifestation of that, I will agree hundred percent. But what I see, and this is where this is where I start going off the rail. This hashtag, this hunting is conservation became a hashtag, became a, a rallying cry for sportsmen's organizations to mobilize sportsmen for political means. Whether it was to fight against maybe an animal activist group or anti-hunting group that wanted to attack our rights, whether it was uh, or, or 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 whether it was another group that wanted to put forth a, a, a new conservation model and, and do more and better and bigger things, it it became this call to action. That's fine. But when I look at the, the organizations that are doing the driving of a lot of this, they are either very far left leaning, environmentally leaning sportsmen's organization, progressive sportsmen's organizations, meaning ends justify the means. Or their organizations that are very, they're scared of losing market share. They're scared of losing uh, dominance on the landscape. And they know that the only way that they can drive membership and drive action and drive engagement on their social media or their website or their activism. And I don't, in this, or uh, advocacy, let's not say activism right now. Advocacy the, when you have some, you have people over here appealing to emotion and you have people over here appealing to reason and, and logic and facts, emotion's always going to win. It's always going to win. So the some of these organizations that started jumping in on the, the hunting as conservation movement were organizations that, that typically are the facts and logic and reason group but they were losing traction. They were losing attention. They were losing market share. They were losing their, their, their importance on the landscape because other groups were sucking the oxygen out of the room by just going straight to the emotion. So what are they going to do? They're, they're going to have to. you know. And for you deer hunters, the whitetail hunters out there, especially in the east or, or anywhere you can bait, 
I, I've heard it so many other places, and and unfortunately, it becomes in many cases true. If your neighbor is baiting, you better be baiting. If your neighbor is going to put a corn pile on their property, on their in their property, especially if they're going to put the corn pile on your property line, you better damn well have a pile of corn. If they're going to put a pile of corn on on your property, you better have a, a solution to keep them the deer off it because the deer are going to go there. They're they're just it's called yellow helper for a reason. The deer, it's like crack cocaine. They're going to go there. So if if in the political sphere, in the sportsman sphere, sphere, not fear, F-E-A-R-S-P-H-E-R-E, if in the sportsman's, uh, let's just say arena, there you go. When someone taps into emotion, they're going to get the bulk, the bulk of the bandwidth. They're just going to. They're going to suck most of the oxygen out of the room. And so other agents or, or, or organizations that have good intentions and are, are, are very rational and facts-based organizations, they have no choice but to engage in an emotional plea as well. Otherwise, they get left in the dust. So the, 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 the hunting is conservation became this rallying cry for all sorts of political action. But here is where it pisses me the freaking hell off. And I this is why I despise the progressive ideology. Because I said before, they in the progressive ideology, there are those that feel that they are enlightened, that are more knowledgeable, that are smarter than you, that have better answers that you than you. And well, when we get to the environmentalism side and and some of the, the actions that they want, you'll hear me say, quite honestly, and, and I truly believe this in core, based on their actions and words, they believe there is just enough of them and way too many of you. Yeah. And so they're going to work hard for their ends, for their means, for their gains, their, their ideology. And if that means they need to speak to you, in a manner that mobilizes you to get them to do, get you to do what they want. You are, and this goes back to back in the days of Stalin and not and, and Hitler and everything else, the useful idiot. They know that you're not going to do your research. They know that you're not going to dig in and ask questions. They know that you have every other thing going on in your life. Guy, just like you, you said, I want, Jim, you said, I just want to be left the F alone. Just leave me alone. Guy, you said the same thing. He just gets overwhelmed. I don't want to deal with it, but I just want to mind my own business and do my own thing. Exactly. They know damn well that that's what you want to do. And they use that against you because what they will do is go to your emotional center, trigger you. They will, they will create a crisis or say there's a crisis or some emotional action. And then they'll turn right around. They say, there's this massive problem. But here we are. We're the solution. And all you need to do is do what we ask you to do. Because if you do what we ask you to do, we'll take the sword. We'll take the torch and the pitchforks and everything. We will go in your stead and argue on your behalf. They're full of shit. Yeah. I think it's important too, uh, Chris, on that, on that point to like point out, because you're right. I do just want to be left alone. I just want to plan my next hunt. I want to, I want to buy my gear. I want to practice. I want to go out on the mountain. I, I want to do all those things. Um, but, 
the the important point to kind of what you're speaking to is they're not going to leave us alone. That's not an option. Right. That, that right. is not. And I think that I think that that needs to be driven home because I think that there's a lot of hunters out there and sportsmen and 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 whatever, even even some of these conservation or sportsmen's groups, these advocacy groups that we talk about. There are these blinders on that. There's like this false hope or this fantasy that they're just going to keep going on how things are going and everything's going to be fine and they're going to be left alone because that's what they want. But that's not going to happen. And so it's in extremely important that every hunter recognizes we are not in a place where we can ignore it or be left alone because we're not going to be left alone. These like It's just part and built into this progressive ideology where they think that they know better than you as to how to live your life and how we manage this planet. Here's the, here's, here's the case in point. I've made this before. How on, on, on the scale, on a percentage, percentage scale, what is the percentage of homeowners associations that fall apart and dissolve and go by the wayside because no one wants to be involved versus, I don't know, versus homeowners associations that grow bigger more invasive, more costly, and you have more and more quote-unquote Karens and busybodies and nosy neighbors that want to just get into everybody's business. It It is a fact of life. Again, what I say, there's those who wish to be left alone and those who refuse to. But the other part of that is the world's run by those who show up. Guess what? Those that wish to be left alone almost never show up. Yep. Those that exactly refuse that. to, they're always going to be there. Why? Because they are the busybody. They're the ones they, that believe that they're smarter than you. They believe that they have a better answer. They they believe their value set is more. I'm going to exact. I'm I'm going to put. I'm going to impart my will on the landscape because I believe this is better. And I'm just going to. I'm going to either. Well, it doesn't matter. The busybody. The, those that refuse to are the ones that always show up. And this is why. And again, I've talked about this before. My. Why there's always a Karen. Right. When I was politically active, again, I'm a more conservative-minded individual. Again, Thomas Sowell, anybody that's 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 listened to or, or a student of Thomas Thomas Sowell knows about the constrained or unconstrained mindset. More of a constrained mindset, process, rules, order, that type of stuff. There, there's a there's a process to go through. Okay, that's me. That's that's my brain. So I would go to the Capitol. I would go to the agency meetings. I would go to sportsmen's meetings. And I was the sportsman's representative for a while. And a lot of conservative-minded sportsmen would say, Chris, we're glad you're there because you can take our voice. Yes, I can. But when it comes down to a vote on things, I can't sit there and say, well, I represent 10,000 people, so put 10,000 of my votes in the hat. No, I get one. One vote. But guess what? Yeah. All the the, the progressive organizations and progressive minded people, the, the, the busybodies and Karens, every singing, sing, swinging Richard of them would show up. And so here's 50 of them and one of me. Well, guess which way the vote goes. So I would always, yeah. my biggest complaint with a conservative minded individual was, I don't need you to show up and shove your ideology down someone else's throat. I just need you to be there and defend yourself. But the uh, the way that you defend yourself is you have to be knowledgeable, you have to be engaged, you have to you have to ask questions. And the problem is that especially today, we don't. 
and the yep. organizations that are let are are more on the progressive ideology spectrum know damn well that we're not. They know damn well that we won't do the research. We they know damn well that we're generally lazy and we want to be left alone. So they will do what? They will articulate a problem. They will put together a bunch of talking points, and then they will say, "Go ahead and and reach reach out to us." or reach out to these people and say these things and, and we will provide the solution. But nowhere do we get into the weeds on, okay, well, what actually is the issue? What actually is the mechanism by which things are going to be done? And when you say there's this problem and you say we want to protect the old public lands or we want to protect wildlife or we want to, you know, we want to preserve the, the, the North American model of wildlife conservation. Okay. What exactly is the threat and what exactly is the mechanism that we're helping here? And what exactly is the, no, no one is going to pick through the weeds on that. No. And so my angst with this hashtag hunting is conservation started with these progressive organizations using that emotionally charged thing that everybody is going to say, of course it is. We've, it's been drilled in our heads since we took our hunter ed safety class back whenever it was that you took your hunter ed course. Of course, hunting is conservation. Ah. And then it went a step further for me. Because, and, I, and Jim, I'm going to pick on you directly. Do it, man. Because I love you and you have, your, you have a voice and you were very passionate about it when we were talking last. You have a hard time grappling with the anti-hunter. And mm -hmm. the environment, the, the animal activist slash anti-hunter, especially when it comes to public policy and wildlife policy and hunting issues. And you articulated several times, why the F can't they just leave me the F, of, you know, F alone and, and let me do what I want to do, right? <laughs> am I, am I, am I? No, still you're, you, no you're correct. All the okay. way, man. And what did I say? It, it all comes back down to a value set. And so when I look at what has gone on, these, especially these past several months, and literally I've, I've separated. No, I was going to say I've separated myself from some of these organizations. No, I think, I think they just flat out separated themselves from me because they were uncomfortable of where I was, I was going with some of my, my questions because they didn't have a freaking answer. But the pop, so we got the broad concept of hunting as conservation. Okay, let's let's talk about the North American model of wild conservation here in, in, a, in, a, in a future discussion. But I really have a problem with how it's being used and how hunters today are being manipulated by progressive groups. And and I think groups yeah, that the I, I do too. The organizations that are doing this, I think I, we can't talk about that now. That has to be a completely different discussion. That that, that would be its own episode. The right. the actual groups, right? That's right. another three. Right. Okay, fair point. I, I agree yeah. with you one hundred percent. I yeah yeah, and I I think okay, so. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, no. So what I wanted to do tonight is, how about we spend some time in my brain, and I want I want to walk you through how I think, and how I because again, Jim, what I said before, whether you're talking about a wildlife commission. Or whether we're talking at a state legislature, legislative body, and and a ballot initiative. When we start talking about wildlife issues, we're talking about value sets. 
We're talking about perceptions. We're talking about, and quite honestly, it's, it, this is a people issue. I, I was talking to my wife, my wife uh, a couple of days ago. Um, so when I graduated college uh, with a wildlife degree, my goal was to become a game uh, work with the Colorado Division of Wildlife. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, see, yeah, Colorado Division of Wildlife at the time, Colorado Parks of Wildlife. Now, um, I think I've shared this story before. Long story short, there was three of us that just crushed it. I mean, just we flat crushed it. And all the people that so you go through a written exam and then you go through a uh, an oral exam, essentially a panel, and you they they test you eight ways. They they put you in scenarios and they run you through the three of us just we crushed it and and scored in the 98 percentile and just and and when we got done the the guys that the, the guys and gals the women and men that were agency employees that were were doing the the um in person interrogation and and test yeah. all of it shook our hands we were like holy shit you i mean awesome job you guys did great can't wait to work for you you guys are blah, blah, okay but back then, the, the the gatekeeper for the agency was a man named Gary Berlin, and Gary was famous in 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 my circles back in the day for saying, "I would rather okay, I'm I, I was I graduated from Colorado State University in well, nineteen twenty three. Yeah, might as well be because it's like like ninety nine two thousand somewhere like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Back then, CSU, Colorado State University, was either the number one or number two wildlife management, wildlife biology school in the nation. And it always waffled between either Colorado State University and Texas A&M or Colorado State University and Humboldt. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. All three of those colleges are phenomenal, but they're not. Well, Colorado State University is not the same as it was before. But back in then, CSU was the premier, one of the premier, number one or number two wildlife universities in the nation. Gary Berlin was the the guy, uh, like a human resources personnel guy for the Colorado Division of Wildlife. He famously said, said he, he would, I would rather hire any speech communication major. My, no, he would rather hire, I think if, if I remember it right, he would rather hire any speech communication minor out of CU Boulder than any wildlife biology student from Colorado State University. And I, the bulk of us were like, what the, how, why, what, what, how? And we were, we were baffled by it. I went into that final interview and I spent an hour getting my ass just completely torn apart, investigated, wrapped around my head, choked me out and thrown out in the street. Obviously Mm -hmm. I didn't get hired by the agency. Meanwhile, I watched some of these other kids that are the other classmates of mine and other people that went through that barely made through some of the, the written tests, barely made through their their oral exam, get hired that fast. Mm-hmm. Why? Because at the time, they needed people that were going to ride the brand. They needed people that were going to, this is the agency message. This is what you do. This is what you say. This is how you are. Me and the other couple of guys, we had an independent brain. We had an independent mind. We were critical thinkers that, that we that were not probably as as a young cocky kid. I wasn't a team player, and and they knew it. I, I was this I was this guy that I was this kid that I had all the answers. I was just coming out of the military, just came out of the. I had all the answers, and I'm going to change the freaking agency, and I'm going to change the the hell you are, because you're never going to be letting the door. Yeah, and so. I was pissed off by that for a number of years. And it hasn't been until now, recently, this past several years, where I, I 
I owe Gary an apology because I see where he was coming from. Because it doesn't matter what you know about science. It doesn't matter what you know about facts and logic. It doesn't matter. You, you, what did we talk about in the in the previous one, Jim? It's it, it's pointless. Emotion sells. Yeah. It, it, what's that? Emotion sells. It's it's pointless to. I don't know. It goes back to, and I've I sound like a damn broken record when I talk about this. But do you know how much easier it is to take a picture of some wolf that looks really upset? And post it on Twitter and say, save the wolves. Here's why. People donate money to it, right? They're like, oh, I, I need that bracelet uh, to show that I've I've contributed money to save the Rocky Mountain, uh, these wolves in the Rocky Mountains, uh, even though they're all well past their numbers. But how difficult is it in that context to try to come back and make an argument on Twitter? Nobody gives a fuck. Okay, Nobody cares. The yeah. non-hunter doesn't care. That's the thing. It's, I'm kind of get. I got off a little track there. Sorry, it's, buddy. It's it's pointless to argue facts and yeah. logic to with emotion to someone who has no value for facts and logic. If facts and logic mean nothing to them, and and there's and again, this is not again. There's some some sportsmen want to see this as some big conspiracy theory and blah blah. No, it's literally how some people's brains are hardwired. It's how their personality is hardwired in their brain. Uh, yep. This is why people need, again, this is why the progressives know how to manipulate those that don't give a shit. Because it takes work to dive into the works of Thomas Sowell and understand how the brain is hardwired. It takes work to go through Jordan Peterson's understandmyself.com and go through a personality course and understand not only what are the personalities, but how are those personalities hardwired in a person's brain? How did they get there? How did they get there in the first place? And then more importantly, how does that manifest itself in action on the landscape by that individual? How do they take their personality, how their brain is hardwired, and then move themselves on the landscape in public? And different mm -hmm. personalities and different ways your brain is hardwired is they're they're going it you might as well be talking about apples and freaking hardwood lumber. Like yep. it, you you're you're not commute you're not talking about these, you're not even the same universe. So they cannot understand you because you're not speaking to them within their realm of even functional understanding. So the progressive ideology, the progressive organizations know this. And this is what frustrates me. So when, Jim, when you were talking about you get so upset about animal activists and you just wish to be left alone, I sent you guys a couple of clips. I sent you guys um, some videos. And, I, and I, want, I, just, I want to get your reaction of it because I, I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a plan here. And I, and I, it's not to manipulate you and it's not to be, play tricks or anything else. I just want to, I want to put your, I want to put you in a position where maybe, no, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not even going to qualify. I'm not even going to qualify. So for instance, let's just, I sent you, and this one, this one's ugly. Maybe it's, maybe you don't think it's ugly. I thought it was ugly, but maybe it was ugly. Wh which one? Okay. The Chinese wet market Ooh. with the dog. Yeah. 
That's yeah. ugly. Okay. Yeah. So here is, I, I don't know if I can play it, but yeah, here we go. I want, I want people to listen to this. No, hold on a minute. Hold on. Let me, let me set the is, stage. Is, okay. Let me set the stage for everybody that's listening. And, and just have some patience and, and go with me down this road because it, it, it's going to, it's going somewhere. So back when, you know, COVID, the whole nine yards, everybody was complaining about China and blah, 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 this. And, and all of a sudden the, the discussion about the Chinese wet markets showed up about the, just the fact that they eat all sorts of different things. And um, some of it's unfriendly. This one. In some areas of China, dogs and cats are nothing more than food. And mm -hmm. they have breeding facilities that they just puppy mills that they just breed the hell out of dogs. And those dogs are nothing more than chickens. They're nothing more than they are. They are nothing more than a, an object to throw. In some cases, there's some videos where um, whether they just take the whole pup and a lot of them is puppies because uh, it's more tender. Um, but they just throw them in a boiling. It's just like how we treat a lobster we just take a live puppy and throw it in a, in a vat of boiling water and um yeah so the video that the, the the issue the reason why i wanted to share the video was um <laughs> uh here here's here's the video here's here's the audio okay yeah play the video play the video So here's a, just a little bit of, of an aside real quick. This wasn't discussed in the discussion during the actual recording of the podcast. Um, but I had to record that audio separately. And so while I was sitting here recording that separately so I could insert this into the discussion of the podcast, it hit me that there's probably somebody who's a coyote hunter out here that's going to hear that audio and then go and try to capture that audio and save it as a file so they can insert that audio file into their Fox Pro or their whatever their electronic caller is because that would be one hellacious piece of audio to have for coyote calling. There's, there's a, there's, whether you call it a den raid or whether you call it pup in distress or whatever, whatever you want to call that, that would actually be a, a chunk of audio that would be exceptional to use to play over a Fox Pro, Fox Pro speaker while you're coyote hunting because that audio would absolutely get a pack of coyotes to respond. So, again, this was not part of the discussion, but 
there are coyote hunters. I'm not excluding myself. I listened to that audio. As horrific as the audio is, when you look at it from the standpoint of what is actually going on in the video, it it rips. I I, I have had to listen to this piece of audio now way to and watch this video way more times than I even want to stomach. But by the flip side, there's going to be some that listen that are coyote hunters that are going to listen to this and be like, man, that'd be an awesome audio to have in my Fox Pro next time I go out coyote hunting. It is what it is. That it's the reality. Anyway. Yeah. The image, what it is, is you've got these these dogs, these puppies. Imagine a wire cage that's 12 inches tall. Uh, it's 18 to 24 inches wide with by 24 to 36 inches long. It is crammed with puppies uh, as uh, and dogs as, as tight as they can be. They are stacked in the back of a cargo truck, uh, probably about six to eight feet tall. The entire truck is stacked full of it. And the guys are pulling them off the truck at the processing facility. They've just got a big long hook and they're just grabbing a cage and they're just yanking out of the back of the truck, slamming it on the ground. They've got dogs in cages just spewed around everywhere. And the dogs are just, some of them are just in abject shock, just laying there. They don't, they're confused. They don't know what's going on. Some of the dogs are half stuck in and out of the cage. The, the, the one where they're yelping. Uh, a dog is half out of the cage and they just slam the whole thing on the ground and just drag it across. They just, these are nothing more than um, food. They, they, the, 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 I mean, that, that's there. And there's a, and there's a little kid. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. There's a little kid standing yeah, there. I'm watching it too. Completely desensitized, completely. Uh, he has, there's, there's not an ounce of, there's in in this case there is in his, in the kid's mind there is absolutely nothing wrong going on here. Yeah. yeah. How did I that? I, how did how does that make either one of you feel? I I I, I want to jump in real quick because I'm real and I want to I'm sorry guy. Uh, the, my my initial gut reaction, man, and and. I think all three of us are dog lovers, right? So I, I see, I see blood when when I when I when I see that I I want blood, right? I'm a marine. I I can I I have a violent mind, and and that's what goes through my mind when I see people doing that to dogs. And I think where I know where you're going with this, Chris, is that's my value set. That is not their value set, and I I, I think that it's it's a really good way to articulate what we're up against in terms of, of, you know, hunters versus non-hunters or progressives versus non-progressive, you know, and I agree, but I, I think I speak for all of us where I, I don't want to say I, I like dogs more than I like people, but I don't not want to say it either. Does this make sense? I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to, I, I'm just trying to articulate that, you know, when, when I see something like that, Thanks, babe. Uh, when, when I see something like that, it, it I, I do. I see blood, and I, I want blood. 
And, and it's it's so against everything that I believe and I see. And I think that a lot of people misunderstand that because I'm a hunter, I don't have I don't have empathy for animals. And I don't I don't I, I you know, this wouldn't bother me or or maybe maybe I, I want to create pain and suffering in animals as a hunter uh that couldn't be further from from the truth um that, that's not how i am and and especially when it when it comes to dogs man like i that i, I know what you're doing here chris but yeah I, I i want i want blood and guts when i see that and not out of those dogs i'm pissed i'm pissed seeing that video it fucking makes me irate i will fly to china right now and put a stop to it myself that's that, how i feel about oh, so to but that's that, my value set to, to the point what you said is is supposedly there was enough international outcry that 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 those type of of markets the dog and cat markets were supposed to be shut down yeah they didn't yeah that's no. that's because um, it's not their value set that that's not how that that their perception of i don't know the the way they're it, it is a totally different value set man because we raise chickens we raise you know i i the the way I fill my freezer is through wild game and hunting. Uh, we, I, I buy a pig from a guy I know every year. None of those animals are treated in the way those dogs are treated over there. So it's, it's hard to like, I, I don't know if you're going for a comparison on that, uh, or not. And you, you might, you might be, and, and, and I get it. I get I, it's, it's not out of line. So to, but the, tr the treatment of those animals is way different than what, how I treat animals, whether they're a pet or uh, the that white tail that I, uh, I I got down a couple weeks okay. ago. Okay, so two so two things. Number one, and guy, I think you 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 laughed because I think you and I talked about this. Uh, Dennis Prager, Dennis Prager puts for posits that uh, discussion. If if all of a sudden you you see a human fell through the ice and a dog fell through the ice, or a human is drowning. Oh yeah, I remember when you guys talked about this. Yeah, a human is drowning or a dog is drowning. Which one do you go save? man i i listen to your podcast there's, there's, so there's I'm some, say a human there's there's yeah we when we talk <laughs> there's there's some we uh, i that's not clear and cut you know dennis prager it's clear and cut you go save the person me mm. that's a tough call <laughs> i'd have to see i'd have to see the i'd have to see what part of the uh individual drownings voting record looks no. like and <laughs> no i'm kidding so the the the, num the number part the the second part of what you said jim is okay when you're saying I sent you that video. All right. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the sport. We're talking about sportsmen. We're talking about sportsman community. You watch that video and you, and you start and you it's it's painful to watch. And, and, and it just, man, it, I, I've watched it a couple times and I've forced myself to watch it. And the more you watch it, the, it's like the more you watch it, it, the more you pick up, yeah. it just gets worse every time you watch it. And you're like, holy shit. But anyway, if we're talking about Jim Huntsman, Okay, or Chris Rowe or Guy Duplantia. Okay, that's that's fine. But if we're talking about the sportsman community, what if you had to posit a guess, like from the sportsman community, what do you think the the average sportsman community would feel about that video? The American sportsman community, right? North. Yeah, I, I don't care about yeah. Canada. Okay. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I, North American, North American. I think. I, I think. Uh, I think that the, the vast majority of them would have a negative reaction to that. Uh, like, and in, in a lot of cases, like, like guys like me, it'll be like a visceral reaction. Uh, I, I think that, that I, I just don't, 
I think that it, it is a very small percentage of North American outdoorsmen that have evil or ill will towards wildlife and animals. And so to see that uh, is, I, I mean, it's it's disturbing. And I encourage everybody listening to this podcast to uh, to watch that video and look at look it up. Watch that video. And maybe I'll uh, try to. It's not that I want to. I, I I wouldn't I, I don't know that I would repost that but yeah no and I, I'm you can find it just Google that stuff. whether it, whether I mean well there you go because I it didn't take me long I mean, it yeah. took me that 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 fast to find those videos on on yeah yeah okay so you so, want my reaction to that yeah, yeah go ahead so hard hard as hell to watch I mean horrible I, and 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 so everyone understands chris gave you the you know the the plus or minus dimensions on that cage most of those pups are probably i'm gonna say four to six months old you're talking 20 to maybe 30 40 pound dogs right yeah they're not they're, teeny no right, they're right, they're right. squatted down in these cages they're not you know little little you know just off the teeth pups so super super hard to take the visual in and I actually had to watch it a couple times. And then I said, shit, I got to read the caption. And I read the caption. And when I read the caption, it's their, that's their normal everyday goings on. Whether I agree with that or not, whether I understand that or not, that's their normal, right? I mean, I can't, can I wrong? I, I could say they're wrong from my point of view in the, in the treatment and how those animals are in there. That, any animal treated like that is horrible, yes, but that's their normal. Can't, as hard as it is to say, I can't wrong them for something that is just their way of life. You know, it's not what I'm accustomed to. It's not anything I want to see. Uh, the only reason I watched it is because Chris sent it and I knew why he was sending it and I forced myself to digest it. Um, but from an emotional standpoint, it sucked, but I had to understand that that is. That's just their normal shit, you know, and people, people listening have to understand, like, uh, like for, for me, Guy and Chris, you guys are way smarter than I am. And oh, so shit. to put this, <laughs> no, you, you guys are like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I might be context. better looking than you. I don't know. About that. <laughs> well, I mean, you're definitely better looking. I mean, I, I know, I understand you're a lot old, older than I am, right? But <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. You, you, I don't think either one of you are that older than me. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it's what I'm trying to get at and, and articulate with that is is the this is why when I thought about doing a series like this on my show, you guys were the first ones that came to mind because you guys think on this kind of level. And, and Chris, like I would have never thought to put it in that kind of context to get me to think like this. And well, and I'm that, that's you, I'm the, I, I know you're not. I know you're not. So, and and I, I I just. I just wanted to kind of chime in and say th this is the kind of stuff that really gets you thinking and, and really puts this stuff into a, into a, a, a concept that any hunter listening to this can understand. Doesn't mean that, well, anybody can understand it in a sense that, okay, that's their value set. The, the hostile vegan has a, has a value set. The uber left-wing progressive, they have a value set. We have our value set. We all have these different value sets. And so we're we're now at a point where we can identify that all these value sets exist. And and guy, I apologize, man. I I just I, I want to like compliment you guys. And then I went on a, on a tangent there. I kind of cut oh, you, you off, brother. Stop apologizing, dude. It's it's a uh, it's open forum sort of. Um, and I and I, I I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, 
the wet market folks just want to be left alone, Jim. Right? Yeah. We want. And I do leave. I, I, but I do leave them alone. That's. That, well, I, I know, but I'm saying if if you say you know, you you get visceral about it, it's like well, mm-hmm. that's going back to you know Chris's discussion on ideology and talks about ideology. We we're we're the wet market. We're the wet market in some folks' eyes. You know what I mean? So yeah. when I watch that video, it makes me cringe. But I have to be able to look at this side of the argument and this side of the argument and find where where that line is for me in between there. You know, I mean, are, are we are we saying that in a sense of trying to convince the anti-hunter, the hostile vegan, the uber progressive? Of How are we going to? We'll never convince like, like those. We're people. not going to, right? So right, but we'll never convince. You'll point. never convince me or you or Chris that those pups should be dragged out of a four foot, you know, uh, freaking yeah, no, truck. I take those dropped take on the ground. They can come live with you. Know me. what I mean? It, I'll it, raise it, them. Yeah. I, I okay. Chris had his uh, fingers up there. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I was, I'm letting you go because I mean, okay. Jim, you said it, and and I'm gonna pick on you, brother. I love you to death, and you provide a lot of good material. No, you're good, so, man. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, what you said. Hashtag any, come at me, bro. You know when when you said that any hunter can understand what we're what you know what this is about and what I'm trying to do and blah blah blah. But you also said in there, you know, there are some maybe quote unquote evil or malicious people out there that you know enjoy that or I, I don't remember I, i'd have to go back and listen to it but but about what we saw in that wet mark but yeah. that the but the most but most sportsmen aren't like that and most sportsmen don't you know most sportsmen would be appalled by that and absolutely viscerally it, it would trigger something viscerally negative in most sportsmen i i think if i if yeah. i understood your statement yeah, I, I I think I think the North American sportsman, the ninety nine vast uh, you know per- percent vast majority would have a very negative reaction to that. All right, then let me ask you a question, and I will let you both have a turn to answer it. You can go to YouTube, and I go ahead and offer you to go and search any coyote hunting video on YouTube especially those groups, organizations, businesses that specialize in that and their individuals specialize in coyote hunting, predator hunting. And you go, and I I dare say you could probably nine out of 10 videos, episodes, YouTube videos that you can watch. You can watch where the hunters set up, coyotes come in, they shoot, and you can watch, especially now, why not have slow motion video? Especially mm-hmm. now, let's just slow this right down and watch the book bu- with 4K video. Let's watch that bullet impact. And you can watch that bullet bullet impact squarely in the guts or squarely in the hind quarter. And that you could hear the bullet hit. Whop, that, bu- that dog hits the ground, boom, and just starts spinning, biting itself, flopping, flopping around, just going crazy, just spinning, flop, 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 spinning. Boom, there's another shot. Boom, there's another shot. Hits it in the other leg. Boom, there's another shot. Another gut shot. Boom, finally connects into the the body cavity or head. The dog goes down. What do we see? High five. Yeah. Holy shit. Did you see that? Man, that fucker almost got away. And here we go. 
We just watched someone gut shoot a fucking animal, shoot him in the hind ass with a bullet, and then high five and celebrate afterwards that that happened. Let's 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 put that YouTube the 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 coyote hunters on on a minute, and let's just go to trapping videos. I I've got a I've got a shit ton of them on. I save I just save every fucking one of them because someday this is gonna I'm gonna just gonna freaking just shove it back up someone else's ass because these just piss me off. Where here we are with its trapping videos. Is trapping a a necessary and important and vital and and any 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 uh, I don't even know, I don't even know the adjective. Is it an important tool to have in the landscape for wildlife management? Absolutely, it is, and I will defend it. But how, when you are going to show me a picture with you went out and you trapped, and you've got a I don't know coyote, a bobcat in a trap, and you've got your three year old daughter, and you're going to bring her up there. Meanwhile, you're walking up to the dog, and the dog is freaking losing its shit. It's got a freaking circle, and the, it, it's it's a popular all oh, the ring of death and blah blah blah. They they call it. Yeah. I know. The dog has gone ape shit for the past because you only have to check your traps every 24 hours, right? So 20, 72. 23 hours ago, the dog gets in the trap. And for 23 hours, it is freaking out and just going ape shit in that trap. And you're going to bring your three-year-old daughter and be like, ha, ha, and we're going to laugh. We're going to joke. We're going to take pictures and we're going to poke and we're going to prod so we can get the really cool pictures of it snapping and lunging at the camera and everything else before we shoot it. That, that then, the hold point on. you're making. And then sportsmen do what? Do we call that shit out? Or when the anti-trappers or the people that want to shut down coyote hunting come to the door, do we rally behind those people and say, no, 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 no. This is no, no. This is a way of life. Guy, you just said it. The wet market. You're absolutely right. It's a way of life. That's their value set. Globally, the entire international community lost their shit. That's why it pressured the Chinese government to at least say that they were shutting those down. Because intrinsically, viscerally, it goes straight to the core of people and, and, the, and the optic of what you just saw. But meanwhile, sportsmen, we, like hunters, can sit there and, and, and barely watch the wet market video. Well, we have no problem throwing up YouTube and watching a, a coyote video. We have we have no problem throwing going through scrolling through Instagram and watching trapping videos that show animals clearly being clearly in distress, clearly gut shot, clearly fearful for their lives. That's normal. That's a way of life. You better not, you better respect it. Thoughts? No, absolutely. You're you you nailed it, man. I, I mean, this is something, and and I want to put it in the perspective of I am no stranger to having a coyote call going crazy and having a coyote come running in, and I waylay that sucker. So I, I don't want anybody to misinterpret what I'm saying. I am an avid coyote hunter, and I'm very good at it. I'm very effective. In fact, it used to be the way I I made my gas money when I was in high school because they'd reimburse you for it. So I don't want anybody to send me a nasty email saying how much of a fuckhead I am because I don't know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you something. If you're saying that to me, I probably killed more coyotes than you have. So that that is uh, the the difference is. And I, I want to just spend a second defending the people that do put it on like YouTube or something. 
That is designed for people that are interested in that type of experience and hunt to go on and watch, right? It's not meant for non-hunters or anti-hunters or anti-coyote hunters and trappers to go watch, but they do. And so where th- that's where we get into this trap is for me, I like to watch. I, I like to see how other coyote hunters are doing it. Are they using a Fox Pro? Are they doing, you know, hand calls? I, I, I like to see how they do it. And I, I get excited for them when they do get a coyote. But I do question why we're putting that shit on Instagram and YouTube. Because that is what fuels the fire. And the trapping, I am, I am one of the most, um, well, that's not true. But I am a big advocate for trapping. I'm a very big advocate for trapping. In fact, uh, dealing living in Idaho, where where we already have this major wolf issue, we 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 now know that uh, the most effective way to control these wolves is through trapping. Hunting is like less than 0.03 percent effective here in the state of Idaho. Trapping is close to 30 percent. So when we're talking about managing wolves through hunting and trapping, trapping is by far the most effective way to do it. So it's not again. I this I say this stuff to set up in a sense of I'm, I'm I don't want to be misinterpreted. I am very much an advocate for trapping any species. I am not for putting that footage like you talked about Chris on on social media. It's it's ugly. It's ugly. I mean you're you're these these animals are trapped. Uh their their foot's caught in a, in a in a foothold. There's a big circle of death like you say and then they walk up and, and a lot of times they show how they're uh they're putting this animal out of the misery and and they're celebrating uh, they should be celebrating, but not publicly. I, I I think that that is where the fine line is, and because I want to support these guys that are doing it. I don't trap myself just because I I don't have time, man. I got enough hobbies, um, but I would, and and I'd be all about it. Uh, one day I do want to get to the point where I am trapping, but I that is not something I would choose to put on Instagram or YouTube, and 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 I, the, my problem with saying that is who the fuck am I to tell somebody else what they can and can't post? You know what I mean? And that's where we have this big trap and this big conundrum and where everybody gets frustrated because now somebody's going to be all pissed. Oh, well, you, this is who I am and this is what I do. And I'm okay. I, I'm a free American. I can post this on YouTube all day long. The problem is Petey gets a hold of it. And that is fuel to the fire to the non-hunter who has no understanding of wildlife management through hunting and trapping. They just see cruelty like we saw in the Chinese wet market. And, and so that is, it's a conundrum. What, what say you, Guy? Well, I'm going to address something you just said. We see cruelty in the wet market, but to Chris's point, we see cruelty in those posts and those YouTube videos as well, right? It, it, it's a dilemma. I, and, and you brought it up on, on the first, you know, part one of this is, you know, you said, well, you got a problem with gripping grins. No, I don't have a problem with gripping grins. I have a problem with how we display our way of life, understanding what we're up against and not taking action, individual action. Okay. I'm not saying that it's hard because some guys are putting food on the table per se through those videos. Right. Um, but I think we have at the, in this day and age, damn, I said, oh, when I say that kind of stuff. We have a responsibility as individuals to do or to put put the best foot forward for our demographic. I have an issue. I don't have an issue. Where the hell do I stand on it? it it's a hard one, right? Because again, 
I should be able to share that. I should be able to share my experience out there. Is, is you know, five shots to a coyote something that me personally I'm going to do? No, I don't even really throw up gripping grins because of the reaction they get if it's just a little off-putting. And it could be a little off-putting because a speck of blood, right? Shit, I'll Photoshop blood out. I make sure the tongue is away. Things like it's an individual. and that's that's the trap. What you just said before you finish that thought, guy. What you you just made a key point. It's off putting to who because what when we post something like that, we're posting it for other hunters so that we can get some glory out of it, right? Like you guys but, saw that white tall I posted. I'm like, yeah. I can't wait for other hunters to see this. What I don't think about, and what a lot of people don't think about, is the non hunter who doesn't understand this lifestyle. There it is. That posts it. And that post comes across. Right. And and, And that's the problem. That's the, sorry, Chris, that's the biggest issue, right? Is that I I heard it for years that I'm going to post what I want to post. And I'm like, man, you don't understand how that's affecting us all. Like you said, it's fuel to the fire. I mean, it's a dilemma. We have an individual responsibility to present this in the best light. How we do that? I'm sorry, I don't have the all the answers for that. I know how I try to do it. It's up to the individual. But if we want this to continue, we have to do better than than the shit we're talking about. Well, and there's a there's a big difference between posting a grip and grin with a whitetail buck versus a five shot sequence on a oh, coyote on a run, right? Absolutely. Like there's a, and, and a and a trapped like I had it. There was a grizzly scene I came across last year. Somebody's Somebody had put a trap too close to a road. It got a bobcat out of season and somebody else shot this bobcat thinking they were doing it a favor. The problem is they were terrible shots and that bobcat was laying there suffering. This is a shit. If I wouldn't have put an end to the entire scenario, that is the kind of stuff that can go viral on the internet. And, and, and that, that is where we, we have to understand that there, there has to be a way to define what is super off-putting to the non-hunting public versus because I, I i don't know i don't think i don't think that and, and and again this is my value set or my my perception on it but i i don't think that the 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 majority of americans uh are gonna see somebody holding a white tail if it's if it, unless it's like a gruesome bloody you know god-awful mess uh and, and be offended by that However, it's not the majority. It's not the majority of Americans that we have to worry about. It is. Well, I I, I disagree with that. I I disagree with that. We're never going to satisfy the people that are actively against hunting. So that's the people that we have to worry about. That's no, the ones... we have to worry about the people they're propagating to. We don't have to worry about that. Like like a hostile vegan that doesn't want to kill animals no matter what and under under you know regardless of what the circumstance is, they hate us anyway. It's they, use like a, that, they use that. They use that anti-hunting. Like an anti-gun person, they don't give a shit why we use a gun. They just hate us because we like guns, right? Right, but then they Same but kind they of thing. Use, but they use they use what, that to our propagate. message, right? They use that to propagate it because yeah. I would say that the average, you know, call them non-sportsmen, right? They they really don't they don't give a shit until they're given a reason to give a shit by what we're posting and what they're what the antis are using to propagate against it. That's that's yeah. we got the timeout. All right, well, you got it. You no, got it. Go I, I for it, Chris. I, I don't want to. I don't want to 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 shortchange this discussion. I think this this further discussion of this happens at the end. 
Um, because what I'm, I'm not trying to, and this is the thing I'm trying to set you up, but I'm not trying to set you up. I'm, I'm especially Jim, again, I'm picking on you and I don't mean to, I am picking on you respectfully because I think there's a lot of people that that think like you, I want, I want to, I I want to go through all this stuff just to make other people think. Okay. Does that make sense? And, and, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. Right. Okay. So again, uh, trying to keep this on track where people understand where the hell we're going. Again, my criticism is the, the hashtag hunting is conservation, right? And that yep. hunting is conservation. What hunters consumptive users embrace to what you, Jim, were talking about in the public sphere, it, it, whether it's a commission meeting, whether it's a, a legislative mission, whatever ballot initiative, et cetera, versus the non-hunter, anti-hunter we can argue whether or not we want we give a shit about the anti-hunter which i agree with guy probably a little bit more yes we we really do but it's the non-hunter that the 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 and the bell-shaped curve the normal distribution it's it's the non-hunter that is going to make make or break that policy right so Mm -hmm. we i I want to bring forth things to make people think because the the second part of what i would i just shared with the wet market was that Tom and Jerry video. And and I don't even know if, if you guys even picked up on it. The, you, you watch the Tom and Jerry video that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's getting to Heaven's Gate there. Right. Did did yeah. you pick up on anything? Did you did you read the comments on it? The com in the comment section? Uh, on the comments. So I sent you that video. And then in that little video are comments. If you didn't, that's fine. That's no big deal. I don't know if I I, I don't know if I picked up exactly what you were stepping in there. All right, so, so the the video I shared with Guy and Jim. Anybody that remembers back, and you're probably aging yourself like myself. If you even know what the hell Tom and Jerry is, that cartoon doesn't even exist. But Saturday morning cartoons were a thing in my day yep. when I was a kid. It was Saturday morning. Oh, me too, man. Right? Heck yeah. So Tom and Jerry, Tom the cat and Jerry the mouse was a cartoon. It was it was kind of Bugs Bunny esque. Where it was, it was the the trials and tribulations of the cat going after the mouse, and the mouse, you know, always getting the leg up and and defeating the cat. And so Tom and Jerry, it, it was a it was a kids cartoon, and it was it was funny. I as a kid, I loved it. Me too. Hey, but this video is from the cartoon, and and it shows uh, <clears throat> the the clouds of heaven with the top end of an escalator. And up out of the bottom of the clouds, here comes Tom, the cat, riding up the escalator, and he finds himself at the gates of heaven. And he's looking around confused. He's like, what the hell's going on? And he goes over to the bars, uh, uh, because again, it's, you've got to go through the pearly gates, right? You've got to, you, it's, it's a gated community. Let's just put it that way. So he's at the bars of the, of heaven and he looks through and here's a train, a golden train. Just getting everybody's loading up and and draw and, and the train's getting ready to leave and head into heaven. All right. And then it jumps over to an image of a ticketmaster for the train. Whether you want to talk you know, whether he's St. Peter, whether he's the gate, you know, the the at, at the pearly gates or not, but it was the image of in order to get on the train, you have to get you know, go through the ticket master and the ticket master has to let you onto the train and the image and the in 
from the left side of the screen <clears throat> comes bouncing in this essentially what you for lack of a better term a, a burlap a burlap bag maybe tied off at the top and that bag bounces into into the screen and and the ticketmaster looks down kind of shocked and the top of the bag opens up <clears throat> and three kittens little kittens man i hope my voice doesn't i man if i'm going to be pissed if my voice goes out <laughs> three little, three little kittens pop their heads out shake themselves off and and the facial expression on the kittens is they're happy they're 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 just joyous little kittens like kittens are and he looks down looks at them and and they 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 come out of the bag they they bust out of the bag and they they scamper off and they go to the train the person that posted that video on the real instagram reel made the comment this stuff was too heavy for us to understand as kids and you're like what the hell are they talking about this was too heavy to understand as kids and then you're like wait a minute okay what are we watching what are we looking at <clears throat> as the bag bounces into frame and i'm gonna be pissed if my voice goes out <clears throat> as the bag bounces into frame you can see the bag is wet it's splashing water When the bag opens up and the first kitten pokes his head out, the kitten shakes his head and water goes flying off the kitten. Mm -hmm. And then the kittens go scampering off to heaven. The hell is that about? What that's about yeah. is it's common practice. And it was it was common practice back in the day. And it is still common practice in some areas of the country. You've got barn cats. You got you you got cats that you just want to get rid of and you don't know what to do with it. You just trap them. You throw them in a bag. You put a couple rocks in the bag. You tie the bag up and you chuck it in the lake. Just chuck it in the river. Be done with them. So you're just going to take an innocent kitten that you don't want. You're going to throw it in a bag. You're going to weight the bag down. And then you're just going to drown the damn thing. Out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't care what you think about cats. Because there's some people that hate cats, that just absolutely despise cats and say, kill every fucking cat, domestic cat that you can. Quite honestly, environmentalists. There are many environmentalists that absolutely cannot stand cats because feral cats in their eye, in some environments, in some islands and everything else, are, are major drivers of local extinction to local uh, wildlife species. Because cats are just killers. They're just flat out killers. Mainly birds. Birds, lizards, rep, yep. any, any small rodents, small, anything they can catch, they're going to kill any, right? It's yep. kind of that for me, I, it's kind of why I like cats because they're, they're flat. They're predators. I, I'm sorry. They they're, are. They're a solitary yeah, they're hunter. Amazing. And, and they've got, I've got three cats. I love them, man. Yeah, they've got and I don't care. I don't mind admitting it. People have called me a yeah. sissy for liking my cats, right. but let me tell you something. Right. Something else. But yeah. the point being is. It's not uncommon yeah. for people just to say, I don't care about <clears throat> this, this life of this animal. I'm just going to throw in a bag and I'm going to drown it. Now, we look at that and we're like, oh, shit, that, that's, that's pretty shitty, right? You know, that, that uh, I don't know. But I, I don't like cats, but eh, you're just going to freaking drown something. Well, the other flip side is the same thing goes with breeding facilities as far as 
hunting dogs, you get a yeah. you get a, a litter of puppies, and there's a, a puppy in there that is not gonna make the cut as far as a good hunting dog. Throw it in a sack, throw it in the river, throw it in the sack, throw it in the lake, just drown the damn thing. Or just send it out, just just put it outside, just dump it off in the middle of nowhere, let nature take its course and let it just freaking starve to death or freeze to death or whatever. Just kill it. it it's nothing more. It's literally nothing more than a tool. It is no, it, there's zero value set other than it's just a tool. Same thing. With, I've got a horse. You can we can talk about horses. Mm -hmm. I've got a horse that has a has a bad front leg. He he's he's retired and he will never be able to do anything else again. And quite honestly, we're getting to the point where it's getting bad enough. Where at some point here soon, probably we're going to have to talk about putting him down. Uh, just uh, just just from a just mercy. But yeah. there are people that will have no no qualms about. Horses and performing, horses and do anything. Walk up to the back of it, shoot, shoot it in the back of the head, move on. Get rid of that damn thing. It's worthless. It's it's nothing but a tool, right? So that exists in society. There's a lot of people that have a hard time with that in society. And so again, when we go back, I mean, I didn't. I mean, obviously, I, 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 I apologize. I didn't let you guys riff on it. I saw both of your faces, and, and you kind of both shake your head. Is it's like that's just freaking like okay? Let let's just say you don't want the cat. Can is there a quicker damn way that you can humanely put them out of their misery? Like drowning. If you've never helped a drowning person, or better yet, if you've never had to save a drowning animal, you don't understand the fear. Panic. Panic. And especially the vocalizations that come out. It, it'll flat out rock you. And so the imagery of just taking an animal and just chucking it, it tying it into a burlap bag and just chucking it into the river just to drown it because you don't care about it. <clears throat> the average person is going to have a visceral reaction to that. But that's still pretty darn common practice in trapping you catch a skunk in a live trap how many people are if in especially behind closed doors you talk about just oh yeah just pick the whole thing up and just set it in the just set it in a, a tank of water so it doesn't spray you yeah. or you caught you caught an animal that you don't want to put a bullet hole in and so you just drown them beavers back in the day especially it's still a, a practice today if you want a leg if you want to trap beavers and you want a leg hold set for whatever reason you want a leg hold set you need to make a drowning set on that leg hold set because if you catch a beaver in a leg hold trap and that beaver has the ability to get air and survive it'll chew its leg off it'll chew its leg off to get out of that trap well that's it that's it that's standard practice in freaking a lot of trap a beaver will chew its leg off. I know that because I was an irresponsible trapper when I was a younger kid, and I didn't understand that, and I lost several beavers to them chewing their leg off because I didn't understand that if I put a leg hold set for a beaver, I need to make sure it's on a one-way line that's a drowning set so the beaver goes back into the water and it can't come out and it drowns. No one ever wants to talk about the 30 seconds to a minute to a minute and a half of that animal Working that shit out. But that's common practice in trapping. Mm -hmm. So society is not going to be able to distinguish 
between the Tom and Jerry video of holy shit, that's barbaric of throwing cats and just throwing innocent kittens in a bag and drowning and an innocent animal, a beaver or a skunk or whatever you want to do for trapping. Right? So my point be, so, okay. Now let me, let me just qualify that because there are going to be some people. And especially when I, when I said with the coyote stuff, there's two statements that always come up that I hear. Number one, animals aren't people. Animals aren't people. So there are some, like Dennis Prager, I have the utmost of respect for Dennis Prager. I just this are, I just fundamentally disagree with him. There are some people that believe in the, the purest expre- uh, 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 interpretation of the Bible. God created the heavens, the earth, put, man, put animals on there and put man as dominion over the animals. Meaning there are some people that, that, that whether they're hunters, non-hunters, farmers, ranchers, whatever, believe animals were put on earth for people. And, and so therefore animals, they don't have rights. We don't give a shit about animals are a second or a third tier consideration out of anything from empathy, ethics, or anything. it doesn't matter. Animals are there for, for human use and purpose, period. Mm-hmm. Animals aren't people. And then the other thing that comes out is, well, animals don't feel pain or animals don't process pain or animals don't think like people. So what, Chris, all you're doing is anthropomorphizing the, this issue. All you're trying to do is you're, here you are, Chris, you're, 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 you sound like Walt Disney, you sound like animal planet, and you're trying to make these animals out to have feelings and, you know, oh, the families and all, you know, everybody's going to be sad, but, but that's bullshit because animals aren't that way. Right. I mean, I, Yep. Am I am I out of line? Have you guys have you ever heard anything like that, or am I completely out of line? No, you're good. No, no, you're right. you're on track, brother. Okay, so my question, my my response to those people would be a question, guy and Jim. You just said you you guys are dog people. You love dogs. Okay, you had a visceral reaction to the 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 wet market in China, and then when I brought up the coyote stuff, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's 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 shitty. That you know. But again, animal animals aren't people. Animals don't think like people. Animals don't process like people, and animals don't feel pain like people. So it's not a fair comparison. Then I'm only then I'm only going to ask you this: for anybody that has actually, actually has a pet, do you have a pet dog? Do you, do you have a pet cat, a pet horse? Right. Mm-hmm. We we look at our animals, and I know that when I go out pheasant hunting or I take my dogs out on what I what I term brief epicness you know where we just go out and do something because they just want to be with papa and they want to go out and be and we st- and, and one of the dogs steps on a goat's head that dog immediately shuts down and, and Jep he'll either immediately stop and try to pull it out himself and if he can't pull it out he'll just stand there and wait for me to help him Maggie she doesn't even do that she's like oh uh, I, I can't I can't move and, and she just shuts down so as soon as they step on a goat's head or as soon as they step on a sandbur, they know it instantly. It shuts them down and they ask for help. Are, are you telling me that they're not feeling some semblance of pain? Because I can also yeah. tell you when, when Jeff was running around the house this earlier this year and he ran off of our porch, the porch is only like, like nine inches tall. He, for some reason, he landed wrong. 
and blew out his knee. We had to do a second TPLO surgery on him. Ooh. As soon as he landed, he yelped. He lifted his leg in the air, limped off. And from that point <clears throat> until we got him into surgery, he couldn't walk on it. And if you touched it wrong or whatever, he'd wince. He'd yelp. Likewise, he has, he's getting older. His, his back, a couple of his vertebrae are starting to get calcification between the vertebra, uh, the vertebrae, and it's, it's pinching and causing mobility issues. And we've had to do some chiropractic stuff on him to keep it open. But when that gets tweaked, just like you and I, if I tweak my back, I know damn well how that feels. And I know what it does to me and how I act physically on the landscape, whether I vocalize pain or not. I know how I change my activity on the landscape. I watched Jeff. I mean, I watched him as Kelly, my wife was trying to massage him, turn around and almost bite her in the face. That's not him. Jep loves, Jep, everybody loves Jep because Jep loves everybody. That dog is the most gentle and friendly. He, he loves everyone. And for him to react that way, just, just like, don't, you're telling me that's not pain. So that dog doesn't feel pain. My horse. That had the 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 leg the torn ligaments in his knee front knee, he can barely step on it. He limps hard when he's stepping on it. And there are some days it's worse than others where some days he doesn't even want to walk. Other days he feels fine. Other days he doesn't walk. So there's some days where it manifests itself where he seems like he doesn't it doesn't bother him. And then there's other days it clearly does bother him. So you're telling me that that animal is not processing some sort of of pain in there? Hold on. It's not just pain. We we talked about this when we when we recorded in September. I had to put my big Here boy down, right? And that dog would follow me into a burning building and not wince. He would probably lead me into that burning building and not wince. When we went to the vet, he was trembling. He couldn't walk. I had to carry a 130-pound dog and he was trembling. I in in all his years I never seen him tremble once. When I was sitting on the floor with him after we made the decision to put him down, we sat there. He couldn't lift himself up, and he had his head on my lap for 35, 40 minutes before he got his shot and wouldn't let anyone touch him. He he was my wife's protector for nine years, and he she couldn't go near him. He wanted to just put his head on my lap and listen to me talk and stroke his head, right? That is screw the feeling part screw you know they can feel pain there is more there than just keep going because an no, animal because that's the other thing too like for instance jeff so when we got jeff the only other animal we had was mickey our our, our first original cat and jeff and mickey were like pals i mean they they loved each other well mickey got old and we had to put mickey down i'm not shitting you the vet that we use she came, she, it's a young woman. She's great. She comes to the house. She came to the house and put Mickey down. We said goodbye, made sure Jeff ever, everything under, understood everything. That point, anytime Jeff sees that vet, he not only retreats away from her, he barks. And I mean, he is not happy. 
get the hell out of my yard. But he knows that he's not, he knows that she's supposed to be there. He knows it. I don't know what's going on in his brain. He knows exactly who she is and he does not like her. Now, there's like literally four other vets that we've used for other stuff. He doesn't give a two, he doesn't give two rips. He'll go in and he'll, whatever. Now, if he's worried that I'm going to leave him, what'd you say? Tremble, starts work. He starts getting nervous. He's like, what's going on? So there's something processing in that brain of what's going on between you and I, Papa. What's going on between me and this other person and who the mother, I don't like her. So not only do we, can we just from our own animals, you, if you want to sit there as from a hunter and you want to say, well, you know, a hunter, you know, you know what you, you, animals don't feel pain like, you know, like we do, or, or they don't think like we do. Okay. Then just, you just process your own damn pets. Because I can tell you right now, when I take one animal out, when I take one dog with me and leave the other one behind, oh. the other one loses their ever loving shit. If I take one horse out of the group, why? They're herd animals. They're, we talk about horses. You know, they're, they're, they're herd bound. They're, they're barn sour, whatever. They know when one of their buddies has left and they don't like it. Mm-hmm. There's so much more going on in our own pets' lives, in our own pets' mind. We know that as pet owners. We know that as sportsmen. I talk all the time about hunting dogs. And I think the best hunting dogs are the dogs that live with the family, that are actually the family pets. I think those dogs that stay in the home with the family, engage in the family full time, make better hunt, are actually out there hunting better for the team than just the dogs that stay out in the kennel. Kennel, right? Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of people that will that will mm. that will argue. I know. Other, now there's I some know. people that will argue the other side, but the problem is this. I can go to Instagram. I can go to Facebook or, or YouTube. I can find all sorts of videos where people have either A, rehabilitated, or they just flat out took a pet. They have a coyote as a pet. And I can watch the videos of watch that coyote act like just anybody else's husky, walk, act just like anybody else's domestic dog. I can watch, you can find a ton. Of videos out there where people have pet raccoons and you watch that mm -hmm. raccoon and it acts like a freaking cat you can get a pet skunk man and and you can have them descented uh it's legal in wyoming i know for sure okay so <laughs> my point being is now granted don't get me wrong i i my grandfather was engaged with with some wildlife rehabilitation stuff uh growing up i had family members that tried to you know we were they were coon hunters and, and they tried to make a pet out of a raccoon try to make a pet out of fox it's tricky. There's still a wild animal in there. Now, I'm not going to discount that at all. There's still a wild animal in there. However, there is another subset or there's another layer in there where absolutely can they be domesticated. Absolutely. Obviously, we domesticated wolves and turned them into chihuahuas. Right? So, so I, I mean, but what 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 are we driving at in this in this topic specifically? Here's why. Okay. Because people are talking about, and, and, and let, me, let me just go to this next one. What if we go out deer hunting or elk hunting and we accidentally make a bad shot and we gut shoot that animal? What does that animal do? 
suffers. Well, I mean, yes, but what's yeah. the what's what's the what is when we when we know that we gut shot that animal, what do we in, as a hunter know that the animal's going to do and and, and what do we do to uh, to adjust a quarter accordingly? It's going to it's going to bed down, yeah, go take some rest, going to feel sick and we're going to hold off and let it expire. Bingo. It's going to bed down. And usually it's going to bed down right the freaking hell now. Like right yeah. now. And if you don't disturb it, it's going to bed there. It's going to get up. It's going to move. It's going to bed again. It's going to get up. It's going to move and bed. And at some point, it's going to die. It's yeah. not going to be fucking pretty. Excuse my language. It's not going to be pretty. But if we if we don't bump that animal, or coyotes don't bump the animal, or coyotes don't just rip it to shreds, that animal's going to be right there pretty close. Because why? It's going to bed down. Why does it bed down? Does it not feel pain? And all of a sudden, a bullet goes through the gut cavity. And all of a sudden, intrinsically, the brain goes, well, gee, now I can't digest things properly. So I need to conserve energy resources because of my inefficiency to properly digest food. Bullshit. Are, are you are you making a case? Are, are you making the case <laughs> or the point that there are people out there that uh, don't believe the fact that animals feel pain or emotion? Is that is that kind of what my you're point? Be, my point being is. There's going to be several brackets here. And I know this, I don't care how you can, you can limit yours to two hours while you want. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let mine go as long as it wants to go. So <laughs> my point being is in this, in this bracket, mm -hmm. hunters are out in the public sphere arguing that hunting is conservation. And Jim, you articulated it yourself with, with some of the comments you made about your frustration, especially when we're talking about the, just one issue, Washington spring bear hunt. Just get you yeah. riled up about the anti-hunters wanting to come in there and fuck around with us and just not leave us alone. The problem is, is the hunters are going out there on the landscape. Again, what did I set up in the beginning? We have we have the fundamental understanding that hunting is conservation from back in the day of when the North American model of wildlife conservation was, was first enacted. And then we have the animal, or no, excuse me, we have the sportsman advocacy and activist groups whipping up sportsmen right now chiming this, oh, hunting is conservation, hunting is conservation, hunting is conservation. What that does then, they're acting, they're asking for, whether it's Howl.org, whether it's Sportsman's Alliance, whether it's NWF, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, whether we're talking TRCP, or it doesn't matter the organization. They're asking for, yeah. it. act now, act now, act now, act now. And what happens? Sportsmen go out on the landscape and they engage the public. And there are many sportsmen that are going to, this portion, that are going to sit there and say, they're going to portray animals in a certain way. The problem is, is the general public, and I don't give a shit about the animal activists right now, because the animal activists have got our number. The anti-hunters have our number because they're just use our own, they, they use our own YouTube, they use our own Instagram against us. That's why I say the non-hunter, yeah, the non-hunter non that's never been exposed to that. Sportsmen are portraying animals. Or the animals that hunters portray are wildly inconsistent with what non-hunters see and experience. We can say we are on this moral pedestal. We are on this higher. We, we oh, hunting is conservation. Where where we, it's it's all for the you know conservation. Bullshit! It is. You 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 the non-hunter and the sportsman alike get disgusted by the wet market 
but yet we are going to go over there and defend a gut shot coyote on a video spinning around and people high five and going in glad handing one another. Mm -hmm. We are going to sit there and say, oh, no, no, no. Well, see, you don't understand. It's it's all right. Hunting is OK because, you know, animals don't process pain like 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 we do. And and and, and animals, you know, they're, they're not thinking like the way humans do. Meanwhile, they actually own fucking pets. Mm -hmm. And they watch their animal go through pain. And then they see, well, that animal's a dog. That coyote is a dog. That fox is a dog. That wolf is a dog. Well, they're both fucking dogs. What, what would we breed out when we when we domesticated wolves and we breed out the pain receptors? No, we didn't, because obviously my dog feels pain. Did we did mm -hmm. we breed out of that dog a pack mentality and loss from other individuals within the pack? Bullshit. My dog feels that way with fucking like the cat that died. The animals we portray to the public as sportsmen trying to maintain this 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 persona is inconsistent with what the average public sees. So, Jim, again, there's there's again, this is just, that's that was page two. Okay, <laughs> I've got another. We'll keep going. I want to make this point because people need to under sportsmen. Damn it, sportsmen need to understand that. The non-hunter and the anti-hunter, the or the the anti-hunter, or even the animal activists, they're not psycho. Some of them are psycho, but a lot of them just see the inconsistencies with what we say, and they look at us and they call bullshit. And I don't think the sportsman community itself has faced the the, the un inconvenient truth of what the fuck we're doing out there and what we're messaging and what we value. But for instance, well. Go, go, go they only, ahead. They go only ahead. see the scrutiny from the anti-hunter. They don't see the scrutiny from within our own group and our own demographic. And so what, what you're talking about is 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 not wrong. It's not it's not wrong at all. Um and 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 I think that that's been part of the problem. Is is um guy last on the last episode you talked about how we're all talking in an echo chamber and that that's what you're kind of getting sick of. And and that's what's happening is is we aren't holding ourselves accountable. We we are not holding ourselves accountable to some of the hypocrisies that come out of our own community. And, and I think that that's where I was starting the conversation off in a sense from the, uh, the whole social media aspect and this influencer aspect, you know, that the influencer that wants to get a bunch of followers on Instagram doesn't give a fuck how bad a, 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 or how much pain a coyote's in, right? That, that is not conservation. That that is simply just not conservation, and and so there's it's just this like blanket statement that doesn't mean anything to anybody because it's such a blanket statement, and that's what we need to do is we need to define as hunters how is hunting conservation, what what does hunting do to bring on conservation, and and that's I'm not saying answer that right now. I am saying that we don't have a defining way to put that to people that don't hunt that they in a way that they'll understand all we do is run around and talk about how hunting is conservation uh meanwhile we show the 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 death circle in a on, on a wolf trapped uh i'm not done just, oh i know you're not i know you're not <laughs> i just i just wanted to i i guess uh, to, to make a long story short because i want you to get back to it um to make a long story short is hunters have not faced this kind of scrutiny from hunters we face scrutiny from other hunters in a sense that, oh, you okay. you shoot a 6.5 creed okay. more. And okay. That's wrong. You know what I mean? I want you to stop. I want you to, uh, do you have a notepad in front of you? Uh, 
No, you don't. You're un you're unprepared. Shame on you. I'm gonna write it down. All right, I'm well, gonna write it down. Because hey, in my in my defense, I've got I've got a guest staying on the property, and so uh, uh this is kind of their temporary excuses excuse. hotel room. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, I'm gonna write. So what? Okay, what did you say? You said hunters have not faced this. Uh, I mean, hold on, hold on. This kind of, this kind of scrutiny from hunters. We're not we're not pointing out our own hypocrisies. We're so busy worried about what the anti hunters are saying and how devoid of relevancy their point or philosophy or value set is. Okay. But okay, go ahead. That's go ahead. and I think that's where we're gonna I think that might be the good wrap up. Okay, so so hold that thought a minute. Okay. okay. Because seriously, because I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but I also want to go through a couple more things because these are the three, I've got basically three different aspects of, of where I'm calling bullshit. And I want, and I'm not going to offer, obviously you don't hear me offering solutions right now because I, I'm, that's not what this is about. I, for me, I don't think we're there yet. I don't, I'm not, a, I don't want to offer solutions. I want people to think about it because I want people to think about it and either call me uh, full of shit and, and articulate why. I said that in yours, Jim. I said, mm -hmm. if, you, uh, if you don't like what I had to say, uh, that's fine. I, I respect that. And hell, I didn't even like what I had to say. Golly, I, I was frustrated. Don't freaking just say, oh, I won't bullshit. No, articulate. Make a point. Make an argument. Make a you Enter a debate and make an argument, an intelligent, cogent argument. Because here's, because so, so the first portion of what we just covered was what the, the, the animals that we portray on the landscape. Do not jive with what the average person sees, right? Okay. Yep. So yep. the second part of that is, you know, when you, and you just alluded to Jim, hunting is conservation. Like we don't even have enough. Ah, let's dive into that because what is the definition of conservation? You can go to Google. And if you if you go to Google, you're going to get probably one list. Or if you go to Yahoo, I just went. It, it just I wanted to refresh my mind, and I went duck duck go just to have a, 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 a an unbiased just a, kind of a an, yeah an unbiased search engine. And you're going to see. So when I went to school for wildlife, we were taught that conservation is wise use. Of a resource. Preservation was the ultimate protection and non-use of a resource. And from a wildlife management, North American model of wildlife conservation, hunting standpoint, wise use was the, 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 the end all be all. wise use. Hunters are conservationists because we are using the resource wisely. Right? I think we've all heard that. Now, over the years, conservation has started to change in its definition. It can go from everything from wise use to essentially the protection of something to where it starts to blend into more preservation. But if you find a good definition out there, you're going to see there's a diff distinction between conservation and preservation. Generally speaking, conservation is going to be the utilization of a resource wisely versus preservation where it's it's no use whatsoever 
However, more and more, there are purposefully those that wish to conflate the two definitions. The progressive wants preservation. That seems really extreme. So what do they do? They argue for conservation. It's, we want wise use of the resource. Do you really? We'll talk about the organizations come, you know, at some point. But when hunters talk about conservation, we hunting is conservation. It's not hard. And, and you don't really hear a lot of animal activists and anti-hunters going railing against going out and, and hunting deer to fill your freezer or hunting elk to keep the elk numbers in check with the, uh, the habitat, blah, 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 blah. When do we see hunters and non-hunters or anti-hunters getting in conflict? Predator hunting. Well, let's just take, let's do this. Okay. The answer, I'll, I'll throw this out to either one of you. Can either one of you tell me how prairie dog shoots where people go and set up a bench with a high powered rifle that's set up for long range, massive, big old optic. Yep. And they shoot thousands and thousands of rounds of, of ammunition. That's lead based ammunition. That's highly frangible. Uh, ammunition, which means that that ammunition hits the target and it explodes, and then people just go out there and and shoot up prairie dog colonies, and they're shooting hundreds of prairie dogs a day, and they're just and they're videoing it and watching the prairie dogs explode, just boom, ah, then tumbling, flipping, flipping around the air, blah blah blah. Yeah, how is that? If if I was to if to take a video like that and then go to a public forum, how would I argue that? Prairie dog shooting like that is conservation. I don't know that you would. I I, I don't know that you. I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough about that. I don't. I always hate trying to speak on things that I don't know jack shit about. And I, I know there's a lot Fair of point. that Good going on, on. Fair point. Fair point. Good on you. I, I I don't know other than the the one thing to your point that you talked about where 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 we get a lot of the flack. It comes from the predator hunting side. This is very true because there is not that consumptive side of it. Uh, wolf hunting and trapping is a perfect example. Um, we we all, I mean, we can have many episodes about repercussions of overpopulated wolf populations, you know, on the landscape or whatever. Um, I doubled up that word there, sorry. But it is very difficult because we don't we don't take a wolf home, butcher it, throw it in the freezer, and you know. It's not a consumptive product. It's not a consumptive thing. And so that's why these, these groups that, that are born out of places like Jackson, Wyoming and stuff, you know, they get rabid about protecting and defending wolves. And I think that there's two parts. I think there's people that legitimately want to protect wolves and they have this, um, this attachment to wolves where they almost put this animal on a pedestal over every other animal on the, on the, on the, uh, you, you know, out there. But the the other side of it, there there is almost this cottage industry uh, where the, where they say you you donate to me, we're going to generate a bunch of revenue. It's not actually going to save wolves, so that's not conservation either. They're just making money. Uh, so there's there's two sides of that, and they and both both those sides actually really piss me off. But um, so so that that brings up a, a whole other 
topic of what you just talked about, Chris, is is this consumptive side hunting doesn't take nearly as much flack as something like predator hunting. Well, that's not true because bear hunting takes a lot of flack and bear hunting is consumptive hunting. I've got a freezer full of bear meat right now and I, I love it. It's actually one of my favorite uh, wild game species to to have in the freezer. It's great meat. And but people are, don't are you see that. But be honest. Are how what is the percentage of bear hunters going out of the landscape going after bears because they cannot they want more man they love that freaking meat and they just want meat they want that bear meat in the freezer. Well, when you when you watch it play out on like social media, for example, it's all about oh I saved a fawn, oh I saved a calf. Uh, oh, we're, we're keeping these predators in check. And really, that's not the goal that bear hunting should be. I, I don't know. I, I, it's not up to me to define I, I what somebody's motivation should be. But right. I don't even care. I don't even care what it should be. What you see is, is someone sitting, let, you know, sitting on its back, pulling its mouth apart, showing the, the big old the, the big old freaking teeth and, yeah. and holding its paw up and look at those freaking claws. And I, you know, yeah, again, I've done, I'm guilty of that. I'm yeah, I'm totally I, guilty of that. Hey, yep. So guy, I think maybe it was you and I talked about that, you know, the, the slaying of the savage beast. I'm, I'm going out there and, and I'm going to slay the dragon. There's how many people in our community talk about, well, I don't eat bear. That's nasty. You just freaking go dump that shit. I want the hide. How many well, brown bear hunting up in Alaska? They don't need, they God, don't need those. Of, there you go. Right? End of discussion. There is not an ounce of brown bear hunting is up there that is out there for because you uh, want the meat. No, it ain't. And and no one is going up there to for brown bear to be like, man, oh, shit. God damn it. My uh, my winter jacket is all all shit. To I, I need to go get a brown bear and, and, and make another jacket. No, you don't. You're going up to, to shoot a brown bear because you want the trophy. You you want the experience and you want the trophy. End of discussion. I'm not gonna, I'm not judging you. I, I'm not. I, I yeah, mean, nobody's saying it's right or wrong from a hunting standpoint. Right. You're just pointing it out. My You're point just pointing is, it out. When you are on the public sphere, when people are when when the animal activists go after trophy hunting, and you're like, oh, it's more than that. Well, you is it is it really in some of these days? cases because for the prairie dog issue i can i've been on both sides of the discussion with prairie dogs i'm actually a, quite an expert on prairie dogs you, you can make the argument that okay well chris they're a destructive rodent pested blah 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 and they're they're causing problems with rangeland taking forage and breaking cattle's legs and horses legs and it's a you, just, you shoot as many as you can because you know they breed like rabbits and they're and they're just okay okay stop stop because you sound like an idiot because a lot of times what sportsmen are arguing is bullshit. The number of cattle that have actually broken a leg or horses that have actually broken a leg is in the less than one percentile of, of all range of all rangeland ungulates on the lands or horses on the landscape. They're not stupid. Okay. The only time that that ever happens usually is when there ends up being a stampede. Okay. But that is that is so exceedingly rare. It's not even it's it's not even worth discussing. I know it sounds like a great validation point, but statistically, when you come to look at the numbers, bullshit. If we want to talk about what they do to the landscape and and changes in in uh, forage uh, communities, okay, absolutely. There's a reason why environment ecologically they're considered keystone species in some cases because they will actually 
create the situation where many other species will be on the landscape where they are because the habitat where they are is better for them than anywhere where the prairie dogs are not. However, I can also make the argument that in certain years, in certain conditions, in certain places, the prairie dogs are eating more forage than what you want. And so the cattle and the range condition is lowered to where it's not a good situation. So we can talk about the ecological and the conservation management strategies of going out and, and limiting and managing prairie dogs in the landscape. But I want to ask anybody, what's that? Sorry, Chris. But to me, there's a line there, right? Between conservation and management. Ah, right. Is, is in, in this whole conversation, as you point, guys were man. talking, right. And it really just spawned the thought there's, we got to be able to define what we're doing in those two things. Right. So you, I, I mean, in other words, we have to understand exactly what the hell we're doing. Yes. And why? Yes. <laughs> yes. Because so, that, that, so that's the thing with prairie dogs. Um, yes, that in, in certain situations, they need to be managed. And, and quite honestly, I advocate for recreation. And I'm going to say it. Recreational shooting. Now, mm -hmm. quite honestly, I would I, quite honestly, I don't even have to say recreational shooting. I advocate shooting of prairie dogs in certain situations for managing the numbers and the distribution and the expansion on the landscape. Absolutely. <clears throat> However. That also ought to, in my opinion, ought to come with at least some semblance of understanding of what the hell am I doing on the landscape? It, what, why am I here killing these, these critters? From outside of the, 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 the wildlife biology, wildlife management, ecological you know, community, I really don't know. I, this is me personally, my experience. I don't know how many prairie dog hunters, shooters that I've ever talked to that have ever considered what their impact was on the landscape other than we just need to kill everyone we can just kill them all just 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 yeah. we just need to reduce the numbers because there's just too many because the prairie dogs are bad and we just need to reduce the numbers that's incorrect okay where 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 do we where do we stand with the ammunition we're using in that ah. right? if we're out there shooting thousands and thousands of them and we're using lead projectiles uh, it's probably going to be some, some, uh, issue with that there, right? Put a pin, put a pin in that because that's my next one we're going to, you, you just, you just wanted to, you want you segued one moment too soon. My bad. Can I, can I chime in though on, on what I said prior to that? Yeah. Because, because I, I think the guy made a really good point there in talking about what the line is between management and conservation and how we separate those two. But and and but the, my one issue with not what, what not what guys said, but the whole premise of drawing lines in the first place. And what I mean by that is I think that it's like human nature to have this this idea that everything is black and white and there's no gray area. And I'll give you a great example, like this whole discussion lately between, um, you know, this go green movement and and, you know, everything else where. Oh, you got to have an electric car or, or then they have the other side. Well, electric cars suck. And here's why, or, or here's why, you know? And, and, and so is where I, I look at that argument and, and there's, there's really good points and really good ways to look at why some people driving an electric car is a good thing, but other people, maybe it's not a great thing. You know, I'll never drive an electric car. It doesn't work for my lifestyle. 
but I, I I could see if I if I if I lived in like downtown Los Angeles, which I never I never will. Uh, but if I did, no, that's not. You didn't live in downtown Los Angeles, did you? There, uh, Berta Stock guy. Let's say I did. Keep going. <laughs> okay, let's say I did, and and let's say I lived in like a condo, uh, and 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 I my commute was three miles away. Uh, and I did nothing outside of that, but come home and play video games, uh, on my computer. Uh, and I, I did no other real traveling in a, in a vehicle. Okay. Maybe an electric car will make sense. Okay. So what, what I'm, what I'm getting at is why can't it be that there is, there is gray area where I can, as, as a guy who will never drive an electric car, why can it not be that I don't really care if somebody in some big urban area it wants to have an electric car and I'm, I'm not going to give them shit about it. If that person has the same respect to me, I, I love my diesel truck. I love it. And I'm, I'm half tempted to put one of those stickers by the damn exhaust pipe that says that it's a hybrid car annihilator or whatever. You've seen those stickers where people are giving the electric cars, you know, a hard time or whatever. But the, 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 the point is, is, we get we get into these these positions and again it's human nature where where it's like man there here's the line here here's the line there it's black it's white there's no gray area yeah i'm I, and, okay and, i'm the gray area in this right apparently i know you are i but I, but the it goes back to the beginning of the conversation is the people that are showing up are making that the argument that's the why the electric car has to are, be there. That's why it has to be done. That's why there can't be a gray area because the people that are showing up are making it so. There can be a gray area. There has to be a gray area because well, because that that's especially on that argument. I just heard a great podcast. I think it was on Rogan's show where they're talking about the slave labor it takes to get the cobalt out of the ground just to make the batteries for these damn cars makes the whole progressive environmental argument for electric cars null and void. It's null and void. Unless you are for slavery, it is a null and void argument. And I don't want to hear the lectures from the left telling me that I have to drive a, drive a goddamn green electric car to save the planet. I'm I'm going, I'm getting too fired up about that. Hey, let me back 20, up. 2035, buddy, is, is coming to a state near you. <laughs> <laughs> let me digress. I'm, I'm, I'm letting, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know, those, those little dog leashes that are on that, that retractable reel where you, can, <laughs> you're about to roll me back at in. At some point, I'm going to hit it, Huntsman. Just, I mean, I'm going to shut you down, but just keep going. Yeah. But the, I guess the, the, the premise is, is I, I love Guy's point that there is a line between conservation and management, but we also have to make like a third line of there is some crossover there where, you know, for, for example, we in the state of Idaho, uh, what, what, what we've determined, the, the biologists have determined is the uh, one particular wolf. And I'm using this totally as an example. We always tend to get on this wolf topic, but one particular wolf will eat, um, uh, somewhere in the neck uh, neighborhood of 20 elk per year, 
right? And so when you do the math on how many elk are in the state of Idaho, it's north of 20,000 dead elk per year on top of the hunting take, on top of the the other mortality things that take place on the elk herds. And so uh, we, we have to look at hunting and trapping as a management tool to make sure that all species thrive, not just the wolf or not just the elk. And so that's where maybe a, a gray area can be had when we're talking about conservation versus management. I look at hunting and trapping wolves as a management tool, where I look at hunting elk as a conservation tool. And I don't know if I'm even on base with this because Chris, you're the biologist, but that's the kind of stuff that we, I, I think that we all have to think about because it's a lot deeper than just, Hey, um, I'm going to go shoot a wolf and I'm going to go shoot an elk and, and I'm going to post it on social media and, and I'm cool and I'm a hunter. And, I, and that means I'm a conservationist. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, yeah. But I'll, let me defend myself real quick because I wasn't oh, saying I, I'm not that attacking there's a, you. I'm not, attacking you're not. Anybody. even yeah. if you did, I wouldn't care. Um, I wasn't saying that there was a line in that. I'm and Chris made help me make my point was we have to understand what we're doing out there, right? Because we we holler, 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 conservation, 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 and then we start talking about the prairie dog thing. Well, I don't personally. I don't. I, that's a management thing more than a conservation thing. I'm confused right? by this prairie dog thing. You you guys just saying people go out and shoot prairie dogs as like Oh dude, uh, YouTube that. It okay. I, and I'm going to I'm going to just be 100% honest. It, it sounds <laughs> fucked up after this conversation. You watch that shit and you're like, "Oh, is it a good time?" I've never done it's it. It's kind of a good time, but it okay, is a but, little So but what essentially what are you doing? You're using a live animal as a target. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing more. You're doing what nothing it sounds like to me. That's, oh, you're that's doing it. nothing more than utilizing a live animal as a a terminal ballistic target. Why? No one, I'm sorry. I will go toe to toe with anybody that says that they're going out there because they're they're doing so, the the primary driver of them going out and doing a prairie dog shoot is because of the concern for the landowner and the conservation of the landscape and the habitat and the range condition, et cetera. I, I, will, I, I will wager strong money that less than 1% of the avid prairie dog hunters slash shooters on the landscape can actually articulate in a reasonable fu fashion the, the ecological function and, and, and mechanism of prairie dogs on the landscape and what they do is as far as good and what they do as far as bad and what they're doing in the action of them shooting why that is a conservation measure and quite honestly i would defy many of them to even articulate why it's a proper management effort however <clears throat> i have a i i know for a fact based on just talking my years in the in the world in the in the in this lifestyle they're a, for those people that like to go out and shoot prairie dogs, they're a fantastically fun reactionary target. They're a live reactionary target. When you pull the trigger and that bullet hits, the prairie dog explodes or goes tumbling in the air, flipping up in the air. It's a it's a, a reactual, visceral, <clears throat> visual reaction to the target. And that's why they like it. This is why the yeah. animal activists lose their every living shit. Because you're not going out there because you're doing some big, ooh, ah, large-scale conservation effort. No, 
You are going out there and get your sick, twisted jollies, your psychopathic, your tendencies, and you're going out there and just putting lead into fucking innocent <laughs> animals for no other reason than you want to see them go flipping their carcasses in the air. That does sound like a good time. I've got, I, I mean, okay. So again, this is where I argue. Okay. Hunters guy. I think you, you brought up a great point. The management versus the conservation. Do not go out there on the public sphere and argue hunters hunting is conservation when you're actually talking about a management issue. I, I've talked about my situation here with the raccoons that we have in Kansas. There is no market for furs. There is no market for, for raccoon pelts right now. There is no market. Let me, I, it's, there's no market for it. But we have more raccoons. Our, our agriculture right now and the, the climate that we are in, the, the cycle that we are in, absolutely subsidizes high levels of populations of raccoons. And they just rape and pillage the any ground nesting bird that's on the landscape, turkeys, quail, pheasant, or otherwise. So if we want to go out there and manage, and this is the thing, manage the raccoon population, that's what it is. There is no conservation, there is no wise use of a raccoon these days. I can't argue that I'm going to go out there and trap raccoons, or I, I, I would advocate someone go out there and, ra and trap raccoons because, you know, all the great and glorious things you can do with a pelt and, and how, you know, it ties it to the land and to, uh, bullshit. We need to go out there and kill raccoons and chuck them in a ditch. Like that's that's all there is right now. That the the, the numbers of raccoons that we have are unsustainable. We're either going to have no at some point we are going to have a wildly massive distemper outbreak and it's going to wipe many critters off the landscape because it's unsustainable. So if I'm talking about we need to go out and trap raccoons out here for turkeys and pheasants and quail and other ground nesting birds there is no conservation i can i could try to make the argument that i'm conserving uh, it's a conservation thing for other no it's a management action that's going to go out there and kill animals for a management action but that's the thing and and, and this this snowballs into the enjoy uh, what a lot of anti-hunters and non-hunters cannot wrap their head around is the enjoyment factor because again we we talk about the prairie dog thing i sent you and let me let me just do this we talk about the prairie dog thing the number of sportsmen that will defend prairie dog shoots like okay but why are you defending prairie dog shoots you, you all you're doing is shooting at a at a live reactionary target you're using a live animal as a ballistic terminal reactionary target. That's it. The animal activists get, keep in mind, in Japan, they keep prairie dogs as pets. Like, like guinea pigs and hamsters, they have prairie dogs. And you can watch, you can Google and, and get on Instagram and watch all the people in, in Japan with pet prairie dogs and watch how cute those things are. From a biologist who spent a significant amount of time working with prairie dog ecology, management, and conservation. I can tell you they're one of the most fascinating critters on the landscape from a behavioral standpoint, let alone from an ecological standpoint. So when you get people that don't have that intrinsic value for just shooting and killing things, watching what sportsmen are doing out there just, just wailing the piss out of prairie dogs, they see the ecological value of prairie dogs. They also see the behavioral and it just 
the behavioral fascination that, that, that prairie dogs can elicit. And they see that the fact that prairie dogs can make great pets and blah, 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 blah. And then they try to wrap their head around what sportsmen are saying of why they have to go out there and shoot them with these, with these frangible bullets. And let's put a pin again, guy, you, you, you segue beautifully. We're going to get to that in a minute, the frangible bullets, but the same thing goes with, how about this one, Jim? How many times have we been as a sportsman community activated to rally against efforts to shut down coyote hunting contests? Oh, all the time. I just had a, I had a, a whole episode with my buddy, hey. Jeff Nemec on it. And and that's all he does. He's a, he's a major coyote hunter, and he does yes. coyote competitions. And and I, you know, it's it's one of those things where you you can expect something like a coyote hunting competition, right? That is gonna that's gonna get attention, right? What's it's the, very misunderstood. What's the but so based, on, so based on what he said, what's the goal of a competition? From the hunter standpoint, or from like the anti-hunter standpoint? I don't give a shit. What period? What's what's the what's the what is the what is the impetus behind the competition? You know, I I hate to admit this, but I I don't really know if it's a management thing or if it's just a fun recreational thing. I, I'll be I, I've been in one, and claim, I still don't know. And so, the I claim think, is I, typically number. Again, the claim is typically number. I'm sure it is. I I can I can only imagine the only way to justify that is to say, hey, the coyote population's out of hand. We got to get out there and. I didn't go into it with that in mind. When I go coyote hunting, my thought is not, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna manage these animals. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help the 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 landscape by by saving some uh, prey species and get rid of some of these coyotes. Even helping the other coyotes that are having too much competition with other coyotes. I don't go out there thinking like that. I go out there and set my, uh, uh, you know, a fox pro up or something." And it's like, this is going to be a blast, man. With these coyotes, when they come into a call, there is nothing like it. It's 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 almost like an elk screaming in, coming into your bugle or, or cow call or whatever. You know, it's it's a abs it's an absolute riot. There's no consumptive use on my end out of it. Uh I, I did learn how to skin animals um with coyotes. I've I've made my own coyote pelts before. Uh, and and that's a good time, but but is it is it actual consumptive use? No, not really. I throw the coyote fur over a couch and call it a day, and never talk to uh, think about it again. That's so if, that's, uh, if you, that's if you to be honest, that's if you actually did something with a coyote pelt, with which is less than ten percent of the many many coyotes I've killed. And, and so, and, uh, and, plenty, I, and I'm just being honest. I I, I want to be you know, uh, let's be straight with each other. That's, and, that's and not that's, my goal. That's the same thing here. There's coyote yeah. contests out here, and and everybody and their brother's uncle wants to join in on them, and they and maybe they kill no coyotes, maybe they kill a couple coyotes. The really serious ones may kill four or five coyotes or whatever. We're not a uh, Jeff Nimchik out a Nimchik out here, so yeah. But when when the contest is over, if there's one guy that says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take the pelts because I want it," everybody just. <laughs> Just dumps that. Just every freaking coyote just goes dumping in the, because no one wants them. They weren't out there shooting coyotes because they wanted the the pelt. They wanted to go out shoot coyotes. Why? Because it was fun. Bottom line, let's just yeah. That's really it is. It is fun. Is what it is. It's fun to engage another Mm -hmm. another being, an animal, brain to brain, and see if you can fool them into getting them to do something that you want them to do. And then our, as a hunter, our checkmate is 
for many for many hunters, our checkmate is pulling the trigger and watching that animal hit the ground, die, and we go up and actually get to lay hands on that animal. Now, the reason why I say it that you know, pull the trigger, it dies, and we can lay the hands on the animal, I believe in my heart of hearts that if someday there was a safe way to chemically immobilize, like have a bullet that would just chemically immobilize that dog for or, or any animal for 5, 10, 15 minutes, we could go up and touch them, take a picture of them, and that animal comes back and, and runs off. Like, like, we, like we had to do something. Like I, we just had, there was a stray cat that came up. We, we had the vet come down. She put him out, you know, knocked him out, cut his nuts out, get some vet stuff, clean his ears. Out. He was, he was, you know, about five, six hours later, he woke back up groggy as hell, sands two nuts and, you know, a lot cleaner and everything else. But he's, here he is. He's alive and well on the landscape. I'll bet you any money that the vast majority of people that are out there just prairie dog shooting, coyote shooting, trapping, etc., especially now that there is no fur market for fur bearers. If you could go out there and chemically immobilize them and get and touch them, hold them, admire them, grip and grin them, whatever, and then set them free, like you do catch and release trout, I'll bet you 90 plus percent of those people would absolutely take that option. They wouldn't kill it. The, the engagement is the, the test of getting that animal and fooling that animal and getting that animal to come. You think, and, you and think I, I was, I was, I said the opposite. I said people wouldn't do really? it. Really? I don't think I, so. I, 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 I don't mean, between so. both of you guys, I, I don't think it'd be as high as over 90%, but I, I don't think that, um, I, I think that it would be higher than it would surprise me how many people do that. It, like it may, I, I, I look at it from a species standpoint too. Like, um, I, man, if the biologists can come in and neuter the fucking wolves in Idaho, uh, I careful. It would be great. It'd oh, be great. really? Oh, really? Chip? It would be great. Oh, really? Well, HFUS, yeah. H. Okay, hold on a minute. Let's just go down that little rabbit hole. I'll let you go down this one. You think? I, yeah, let's do it, man. Wolves are a problem. You would have no problem of the biologists going in and neutering, or you know, uh, chemically castrating, or whatever. The wolves in Idaho. Okay, then let me ask you this. Why then is HSUS a piece of shit for trying to bankroll and, and perfect chemical neutering and chemical castration of whitetails in some of these areas and game species to control populations? Because I, I think you have to look at that from a like what's realistic uh, in terms of a standpoint of you're talking about they're talking about castrating them in like urban areas, aren't they? Not not like areas that are huntable. The the urban areas where some of these, where some of these, area, some of these areas are huntable. They're they well, in my opinion, fish. every area is huntable. Hey, That's no, what a bow I'm, is for. But not joking, not joking. To your point, some of these areas are huntable, but HSUS has gone to city councils and and uh County commissioners and said, "No, we don't want the hunting. We want chemical castration. We want to." Well, that doesn't surprise me. Those idiots would do. They they would come up okay, with an idea like why, that. Why so let me. Uh, I, because I, I'm indifferent. Because whitetail are a consumptive species. That is something that 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 we use. We utilize. In fact, I would argue whitetail is some of the best meat on the planet. But right. uh, you know, some people some people might disagree with that. From your, um, from your value set, it's a consumption. From, from my from my value set. Now that that's 
I guess so. I guess I look at it from my value set. So are they are they suggesting that we take taxpayer dollars and go out chemically castrate these whitetail so that they don't reproduce because they're in areas that are urban and and very difficult to hunt? I I don't no, know if there's any. No, their their game is never I, is never just one area. I know. Research, I know. They no, the, like the research, Jim. The research goal is to figure out a way to orally be able to administer a chemical to a whitetail or any other game, any other animal that needs to be managed by population to to create an oral, essentially vaccine, if you will, an oral delivery mechanism by which you can give them this medication or this, this chemical or whatever that will castrate whatever animals you want so that way you can control the population non- lethally and if they can come up with a pellet that they can just broadcast across the landscape they can say okay we need to to chemically emo you know chemically castrate 10 percent of this population just to maintain that you know so we don't have population growth it's blah 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 so based on you can run the models and there are wildlife oh, look, biologists that, going those... through this that are going through and calculating okay if if we have a population of X number of animals and we want to cap the reproductive ability at such and such a level, then this number of animals needs to be able to eat this, this pellet and then be like, this is, this is literally being hashed out in the wildlife science community. Now, as of right now, there are more limitations than there are successes. So it's not a viable option. That does not mean they're not researching it, trying to figure out how to make it work. So My that they can load up a is on fire right with a bunch of pellets. I just, I don't under the White River National Forest and say, there we go. We just, we just chemically castrated twenty-seven percent of the cow elk population on the landscape. So therefore, we don't have to worry about you know elk population growth. Let's that that's a bad example because we've got wolves there now. Let's go yeah, to yeah. some. Some whitetail area where whitetails are hard to, to to control, rather than having hunters do it on the landscape or having to hire sharpshooters there on the it landscape. Is right there. We can there it go is. out there and spread these pellets, and it's a non-lethal. They no animal dies at the hand of man. They just don't reproduce, and so by natural attrition, the population lowers, and we all can sing kumbaya because hunters. Did yeah. not need to go out there and get their bloodlust and enjoy watching that prairie dog flip around in the air. Chris, can you can you send me the info on that? I didn't know that they were even. I like I'm embarrassed to admit I didn't even know they were doing that because I, I I've been working on something with the HSUS, uh, and, and the only thing I found is there's like Kitty Block and, and and all them there. They're all, uh, you know, patting themselves on the back for stopping some department store from selling fur coats and saving a couple of dogs from the coronavirus. I just, I, I you know, I didn't know they were working on something like that. I, I can't stand the organization. I think the premise of doing that to a consumptive species on a white-tailed deer is is hey, so it, misplaced. It, it's, it's misplaced. It, 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 like it, that's value, not for them. It's not their values. Not that value. consumptive it's, species. Their values that. For them, no misguided though. No species is a consumptive species to their value set. I know, I know, I I'm aware of that. But my argument to that, and and what I kind of touched on last time, is the fact that um, that that species or any species or hunting in general, they're the ones that are new to this. 
We are not. We are humans. It is, is, it is a natural thing since the beginning of time. Hunting has been a part of the human condition and the human experiment since the dawn of time. So stop. why in the pa hell? Pause, pause, pause. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Slavery has been part of the human condition since the dawn of time. And in some places, it still exists today. Are you saying okay. we should defend slavery? Absolutely not, because we are on the side of the 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 one nation on the face of this planet that actually sent people to die to end it in our country. Yeah, and but so we didn't need to. Because that, Europe, Europe, Europe was ending slavery before we, even we did. Europe did, uh, and and so did the Middle East. Okay, but, but what? Okay, but Jim. You're making the argument that because something was part of the human condition since day one, it is sacred and therefore should be defended. I just gave you an example of something else that's been part of the human condition since day one that morally society has shifted and evolved to say, no, you know what? Now that we look at things, but that's how, not how, right. That's not how that's does not that. How does that let, translate to this like blanket thing to everything, right? Like, like how does that, how, that, it doesn't translate in a sense that like by, by what you're saying, I should be totally fine with teenagers deciding they don't know what gender they are and they can compete in the Olympics <laughs> as, as a female. Like, like it's, it's, it's like, it's not, everything has to have a, 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 a some, some sort of specificity um, with gray area in between, right? Like, and and who gets to make I, that well, decision? Well, I think I should. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the, the issue is, the issue is, is, and this is, and this goes into a side channel of you know the United States being a constitutional republic versus then there's others other people there. There, it's a it's a democratic republic to those people that want us to live in a democracy. Okay, so those are those are wildly different things, and and we go down this the, the road of, of different. But that's the thing, Ben. We're we're talking about competing value sets, and and so let let's pause, pause, Jim. Pause, pause. Just I know you're you're dying. You're gonna get pause, me fired up, man. Pause. Okay, because that's the thing is the second part of what I wanted to show here again, and and I we we talked about the bear hunt. So my my point here, I didn't even talk about the sack. I sent you that video. The video, mm -hmm. okay. I sent you the, the the video of the perch competition. The the guy that shot that that, that yeah yeah yeah. I remember. Yep yep. So sportsmen are going to sit there and we're going to defend prairie dog shoots. We're going to defend competition coyote shooting and all that type of stuff. And in in your in the podcast we did with you and I we don't need to go back down through it. We talked about the fact that the spring bear hunt in Washington was a recreation hunt had nothing to do with with conservation. Now we could go down the 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 road that got the guy was saying. Maybe you can argue it's a management hunt with that we can explore at a later date. But it's at, from a conservation standpoint, like what what are we doing to concert? Like, no, it's a it's a recreation hunt. You so we talked about that last time. We can we don't have to we can dive in. If you want to dive into it later on, let's do it on yours because yeah, I know you're passionate about it. But my point was, is we will defend those things. Right. But then I sent you the perch fishing video. Where this guy is, so it wasn't, an, it was ice fishing, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was ice guy, fishing. This guy literally catches, I don't, like how many hundreds of curves? Well, there had to be two or three hundred. Yeah. Just yeah, this massive pile. Just this massive yeah, pile. 
huge. And he's he's loving life, and he's thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking, I'm I'm the king of perch fishermen, right? Yeah. Yep. Now all these perch are like six inches and under. I think the most of them are like five, four or five inches long. They're small, right? Yeah. Did you go through the comments and read them? No, I oh. no, I didn't. I, I should I? The, the, the fishing community ripped him. Good. Like sportsman community ripped him and were like, dude, what the fuck? Like, like, good job, man. Like, why don't you save some for the rest? Like, what the like it went from everything of you know, literally, what a waste. Like, you, there's no way you're gonna go go through all those, you know way over limit you you illegal you're poaching you're you know this is bullshit this is disgraceful the public image is going to be bad like like the sportsman community descended upon him just ripped him but never found out until later on in the discussion that apparently this lake had a no limit on how many perch you could keep because the the literally the perch population in that lake was so overblown that they were overfeeding. They, there was not enough prey resources for the perch. So yeah. all the perch were stunted. And so it was not a healthy fisheries ecosystem. So they yeah, we need, got some around here like that. Where, need, but but it's it's kokanee. Yeah, okay. Kokanee will have the same thing with crappie. Okay, so they can eat themselves out of home, house and home. This guy was doing everything he needed to do within the legal bounds of the limit, number one. Number two, he was actually engaged in a conservation effort. He mm -hmm. was reducing the population of perch that was going to, he was a small part. But if he continued to do that, other people continue to do that and reduce the number of mouths at the table in that lake, you would allow other fish to flourish. You would allow larger fish to grow. You would, it was an actual con. This was an actual conservation effort, and the sportsman ripped him. Why? Because the guy didn't make the state. He didn't say. He didn't share any of that information. All he wanted was the grip and grin. He just wanted to show how many fish he he caught. Yeah. And so here we have an example, and this is what and this is what I want to make the point. <clears throat> Does the public, when we sit there and we we stand on our moral, the, the pedestal, this moral pedestal of the North American model of wildlife conservation. And we scream that hunting is conservation, or in this case, fishing is conservation. Does the public, do, do even sportsmen, but does the public clearly see the conservation in practice that we're preaching? No. Or is it I, I, I don't think it generally no. empty words? Generally, no, and I, I think, I, I think, you know, like the uh, a lesson or a takeaway that I'm getting out of, the, you know, this this particular episode. Which, which, by the way, Chris, you did a hell of a job of setting this episode up in a, in a sense of having it organized. I, I need to get better at that, man. Like, I, I should call you and be like, hey, what's your consultation fee to teach me how to organize episodes a little bit better? Because he worked his ass off, Jim. Yeah, he, he did a good job. I, I really like staying on on a particular point like this with a like a like a premise in mind, and and kind of one of my key takeaways out of this is, I think we all agree that we're we're sick and tired of seeing the hashtag that hunting is conservation, uh, and I'm not one to start hashtags, but one I can think of is hashtag some hunting is conservation, hashtag 
Some hunting is not. There you go. I, I don't know. Hashtag you saw what I put on the I put <laughs> on the Starling. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And, and the guy that, that that posted that that picture that was that was awesome. I I I am remiss. I, I should look as I should give him credit where credit is due. Yeah, we should so, give him credit. That, that was that was um, a great picture. Um, but no, but that's this is the thing. I I've always said hunting pays for conservation. So, mm-hmm. Some of it now. Now that's going to be the next discussion that I have. I, I, guy, you and I can. We, we, well, the, at, no, I, I apologize. The three guy, you can do whatever the freaking hell you want to do with <laughs> this. There, whatever you want. I know at some point I'm going to talk about organizations and 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 what they're doing and what they're saying and who they are and all. I'm going to have that conversation. So, but hunting pays for some conservation. And some hunting pays for some conservation, so that's the mm-hmm. that's the reality of it. And, and Jim, I appreciate like, seriously. I I was not happy when when I when we got done that night. I was like, man, that sounded like a train wreck. And then when you posted it, I list. I I literally for like the day after, I'm like, I don't even, I don't even want to listen to it. I don't even want I don't even want to listen to it. I know. I know. I, and I, I, made that myself, too. I made myself listen to it, and I'm like, son of a bitch, I was right. I, my performance. I, I'm looking at my performance, not you guys. I'm looking. No, my, at my mine was like that too. I, I, I honestly, I was unprepared for that episode, I, I and I, I don't. I, I kick myself over it. I know that I'm the emotional guy. As far as I get elevated, I get emotionally fired up, and I just start going. I know, yeah, not me, I'm man. I'm cool headed. I'm level, cool headed every time. Right. Every that's time, what right? I, preach, I, I love you, about you. You believe that, right? That's that's where I will own my performance on that. It was abysmal, and and I own it, and and I'm I'm trying this time to rectify it. I'm I'm, again. I'm in this in this discussion. I'm not trying to offer advice or per se or solutions or answer. I want I want to. I'm just going to ask some hard questions, and and I'm I'm hoping people are asking about because guy, you nailed it. Okay. What you segue to with when I talked about the prairie dog stuff, you asked about that highly fragile lead ammunition just getting scattered across the landscape. Because again, hunting is conservation, right? And most of the time, when we're talking about hunting is conservation, you know, whether it's the Robbies, whether it's it, it's it, it, I don't give a shit who it is. They're talking about, oh, you know, we utilize the animals that we hunt, and and we're we're you know one you know but really. You tell me a prairie dog shooter that's going out there and picking up the carcasses across the landscape. You ever eat one of them motherfuckers? You ever, right. You ever... right. <laughs> so no one is going out there and picking the carcasses up, let alone is anybody going out there and finding out if there's any wounded animals out there on the landscape. Yeah. Let's just not even cover that one right now. Okay. We're talking about the fact that this highly, fr- and, and dude, I, and I, oh, no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. It's, it's coming up. Holy, I, I'm. See, this is why I have an outline, man. This is why I have an outline. So, the lead ammunition. You're right, man. That is highly frangible lead ammunition that explodes. And so, not only is there lead getting splown all over the place, but there's lead in those carcasses. All right? Now, here's the thing that I just, this is one of those things that just drives me absolutely batshit crazy. And it's going to come up, I hope, in, in that discussion of organizations. Did, how many people knew or, or, or were activated by Sportsman's Alliance or Howell or anybody else? I don't know, freaking who, you know, you know, the, SCI, SCI, these animal activists, these anti-hunters have gone to the, you know, the 
Washington, D.C. in secret meetings behind closed doors to shut down, you know, let use of land ammunition on wild certain wildlife refugees. And we need to mobilize and blah, 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 blah. Okay, hold on a minute. Don't we, as part of our that moral pedestal of the North American model of wildlife conservation, isn't one of the, 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 the foundation stones, the bedrock of that pedestal that we stand on? Um, what is it called? What is it called? Oh, yeah, that's uh, um, um, how you pronounce it. Uh, sci sci science. Science. That's what it is. Science. We, we're supposed to stand on science, right? Sportsmen, we, we're not emotional, right? We're not emotional. We have science behind us, right? Well, mm -hmm. that sucks because there's a lot of shit ton of science where they've gone out to those prairie dog colonies after a shoot, picked up a carcass, threw it in a freaking x-ray machine, and that sucker is freaking laced with lead. They've done it with deer. You go out and you shoot and you, people process the carcass, blah, blah, blah. They take the rib cage, take the car, put it on their x-ray machine, and there's lead all through that carcass. So lead is in the environment after we get done shooting. Guess what? The science also is very, I won't say settled, but it's kind of leans strongly in one direction. When you have hawks and eagles, especially hawks and eagles, eating, on carcasses that have a lot of lead in them, guess what? Reproductively, they take it in the freaking shorts. There's all sorts of physiological problems that end up happening with that animal that eats that carcass that's full of lead. Mm -hmm. So here we are. Hunting is conservation. Hunters stand on science. Meanwhile, we're going to defend going out there and doing prairie dog shoots with highly frangible lead ammunition, leaving carcasses all over the landscape littered with lead. So that way, red tail hawks, Swainson's hawks, fruits, red tail, red tail aren't there's there are not a species of concern. We can have a discussion about Swainson's hawks and migratory blah blah blah. But if you want to get into the weeds on ferruginous hawks, uh, yeah, pretty much everywhere I know. I mean, you, ferruginous hawks usually end up being in that discussion of of species of concern. So we're going to sit there and say we are the people that stand on science and animal activists don't. They're emotional, but we, we, we're the people that stand on science. But yet we're going to we're going to try and we're going to lose our shit over people that sit and say we want to phase out lead ammunition because of the environmental impacts. You, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to defend what the animal activist groups have done in Washington for the National Wildlife Refuges. But I would really like to know. Rather than getting me fired up about opposing such thing, I'd really like to know which wildlife refuges are they talking about? Because the vast majority of wildlife refuges that I know of are wildlife refuges that are generally centered around something along the lines of wetlands and migratory areas, migratory corridors that house a lot of migratory birds, yeah. raptors included. And so if we're talking about certain areas that have a high sem a high level of wildlife use that might be susceptible to ingesting the carcasses or the remains of animals shot by lead ammunition I I'm sorry as a wildlife biologist as somebody who cares about the ecology and the the functioning of the landscape as a sportsman that stands on science 
I'd kind of like to know, okay, what 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 are we talking about from the details here? Because maybe there's a, a case to be made. Maybe for those wildlife wildlife refuges, maybe there's actually a legitimate case to be made. I don't like the I'm not going to defend how they did it. I'm not going to defend their I don't care about what I'm talking about. What are the de what's the devils in the details? Mm -hmm. Because here's the other thing that pisses me off. And again, this is going to come up in those discussions of the organizations. Why is it that we are supposed to react and mobilize against the animal activist community that supposedly did this horrendous thing? Oh, but I don't know. We're supposed to embrace the National Wildlife Federation as a as a so-called a light on the on the a shining star on the horizon of sportsmen's groups. Um, I'm sorry to inform you that the National Wildlife Federation, as a programmatic, they, they've been pushing for the for phasing out lead ammunition across all oh. federal lands. Mm -hmm. Have you been told by Howl.org? Have you been told by Sportsman Alliance? Have you been told by SCI? Have you been told by Backcountry Hunters and Anglers? Have you been told by Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership? Have you been told by any of these other people that motivate and activate and sportsmen to rally for the cause to go against the National Wildlife Federation in their program? I haven't seen a goddamn one. Yeah. This is me off. Sorry, I got off on a little tie right there. Hey, I'm gonna back this up real quick. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm sorry. This is totally off, but we I, I wanna say shout out to Mark Carp for the uh starting slayer post. There Did you, you find it, man? I was yeah. trying to find it. I couldn't no, find I, it. No, I had him on there. I, oh good. Shoot Thanks, uh Mark. shoot us uh, say I won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shoot, was uh, awesome, buddy. Mark, if you <laughs> if you job. catch this episode, Actually, shoot uh shoot us a DM. Myself or Jim or or Chris, and I'll kick you out a a shirt and some goodies, man, for that. Oh yeah, I, I should I should awesome. send you a hat for that. That one. was pretty. That was pretty. That was pretty, that was pretty epic, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, sorry, man. I had to. I had to oh, get no, that, that out there. That was good. God, that's funny. You were doing that. I'm sitting there looking on my uh, my Instagram to find it. out, like, and what I can't are you figure it out. At? Like you got a spider on the wall or what? Have you over there? Well, no, actually, I had one of those damn box elder stink bugs land on me. I thought it was a big spider. <laughs> I got I got a little rush of adrenaline there for a minute, but no, I was looking for that that post. I don't know how to find him when people tag me, because uh, I, I you know I don't know how to Instagram works very good. But anyway. Uh, anyway, glad you my, found point, guy. My, my, my point, I, I got fired up there, but my point being is that's the other thing. And this hashtag hunting is conservation stuff in, in when, 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 when sportsmen are activated to mobilize and, 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 and react and say, you know, jump on here and clickety, clickety, click and, and send this to your senators and send this to your commissioners and go get it, you know, get a reach out. What are you, what are they actually asking you to do? And what are you actually doing? And what if you do not agree with the action? There you go. That you're not researching and just taking it on face value. Right. It, you know, we're, we're supposed to stand. There is you know, definitely. Yeah, that's a great we're, point. We're supposed to stand on science. And the question is, do we? Like, seriously, when it comes down to science, do we? Or, or do we, or do we cherry pick the science that is convenient for our cause to perpetuate our desire to go out there and hunt? Yeah. Period. Because the, the again, there's this misconception that anti-hunters 
and non-hunters and animal activists are stupid. No. And, and we know what we're doing. And, and we have the science. We have, we have all. They're not stupid. And, and Jim, to go back to your point, you want to be left alone. You just want to do what you want to do. That's a very common mindset amongst hunters, that, that constrained mindset. The more conservative, not politically conservative, but I'm saying generally from a functionally, uh, 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 how you engage uh, um, societally, socially, a more conservative mindset. You just want to be left alone. Yeah. Right. The act. I, th- I think that's. I think that's what most most. Right. I, I don't think that's abnormal. You know, we just no. want to be left alone. Live our life. We. You yeah. know, I'm a free man in a free country. You like, like leave me alone. But they. So, but yeah. The act of it, yeah. So so hunting becomes a very individualist, very selfish thing. That's just something we mm-hmm. do, and and that we that we value, and and we have a community. Again, guy, back to your stuff about the silos, where we get in these stovepipes and, and silos of communication in this in our little echo chambers, which is absolutely true. Um, <clears throat> but we have to understand that animal activists and anti hunters, this is their life. Like as as mm-hmm. much as you think about elk hunting, as much as you think about deer hunting or turkey. This is what they can that every ounce of their fiber is consumed by this. And, and, and I let me let me speak to that, Chris, because that man and, and I got to I, I just message. I, I got to wrap this up pretty quick here. But the the point that you just made, like hunting being kind of a selfish motivational thing for for each individual individual thing. That's how it's been for a long time. You, you know, people didn't. 2000 years ago, uh, go hunting, uh, to, to post it on social media. Right. And, and they didn't do it to, as a conservation effort, that wasn't a thing in in their mind when they went out, that it was there to feed their family, to feed themselves, to, uh, feel like they're contributing to the family, kind of whatever you want to classify it as. Uh, I think that the, the concept and the premise of hunting is conservation has developed out of a defensive mechanism brought on by the anti-hunting movement. 100%. It just so happens that we do have a lot of data and a lot of science that does back that theory up to an extent. But like what we're doing here by having this, con- con- because I'll be honest, I'm with you, Chris. I, I hate the I, I hate the hashtag hunting is conservation. I, 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 I think that it is um, misused and overly used. However, I do believe that there is truth to the concept of hunting being conservation. And I think that hunters are at heart conservationists because we are selfish motherfuckers and we want a lot of elk on the landscape, right? So we want to conserve these animals. Pardon my French. No, you're, I, you're, you're I did drink a whiskey, man. You're, you're, uh, sorry about that. The, the, the thing is, is you're right. That's, and that's my, that is my angst about this. Yeah. There is a, there is a thread of truth to the statement Mm -hmm. but everybody right now is trying to activate the sportsman unfortunately many sportsmen are taking the bait and they're trying to say that that thread is the entire sweater yeah no because the anti-hunters the non-hunters the animal activists are looking over there going the fuck are you talking about and they have ample exi- examples from which to pull from just general shit and make us look like the fool when the 
when the shit hits the fan and we've got to stand toe-to-toe in front of either a voting block, a governing body, wildlife commission, whatever, when we stand there and we and we if we are not critically thinking about who we are, what we do, and what we believe, and what the truth and reality is around what we do and what we believe, we are going to look like fools at best, flat out liars. Hypocritical liars, dishonest, untrustworthy, manipulating liars, and we will lose. We have to under well, we have to understand the evolution of hunting. You know, air quote, folks, you can't see it. Hunting is conservation, and what that evolution of conservation since that's come about, right? Since since the uh, since the model and how that looks now, and we have to be honest with ourselves on why we are out there what are are we the recreator are we the sustenance person right because yeah we can we we always holler you know uh field to plate shit like that well that's you, not a hundred percent of it right i mean we we have to be honest about what we're doing out there with, with the individual right jim if you need to bail go ahead I, the only thing that i was going to end with was that hog trap video i sent you guys did you watch that one yeah 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 i i do need a bell man i i, I apologize um that's fine you're a quitter the, we the, the studio the studio <laughs> the studio is currently a hotel room and i i uh i need to let them get back in here but gotcha um, understand no pro no problem what i we, I, I don't know if yeah, i'm sure guys game but we're, we're just going to touch on one more thing, but I mean, that's the point is I'm just trying to get people to critically think about before you emotionally wrap your hands and head around something and just like, just charge for tilting against windmills. You, you better understand what exactly what you're doing because the, the, the anti-hunting and the non-hunting community are in the animal activist community is a hell of a lot more perceptive. They're a hell of a lot more intelligent and quite honestly, they're a hell of a lot more put together and organized than you, mm-hmm. than, than we are. And you were talking, you were talking about that, that, uh, they set up that round pin and, and we're just kind of shooting those hogs, uh, like as a turkey shoot kind of thing. Yeah. And then posting yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Posting it. That's the key. Yeah. If we want to, Chris, if we want to wrap this, we can save that for part three and kick off that episode with, with that discussion. If you want to do that too. I don't Guys, know. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think, you know, we're talking about three, three podcasts. We might all need to go through this twice on each of our podcasts i think like like this is a this is not just something that this should not be a hit and run this should not be a drive-by shooting kind of kind of thing i think this is an ongoing conversation that it it, the the first episode that we put out turned some heads i think this one's going to be even more effective than the first one by by a long shot we didn't even get to hear how bad we were Oh, idiots! Yeah, we. I had some angry uh, mofos, man. They were telling me, "No, hunting is conservation." And why would you even name an episode like that? And and, you know, it it went on and on and on. Um, and and guys, honestly, I every time I put out an episode, I get some negative feedback, and, and and I'm just used to it. And so I blow but a lot it's of good. it. It's but it's, it's it is good. good because it makes people think. Yeah, I I am I, I the I was pretty harsh on hunters in, in that episode, 
and and I was pretty harsh on a certain uh, population of this country, and and I, I'm okay with that because that's how I feel. If you're some psycho left wing progressive um, individual, what about right wing progressive? Uh, right wing progressive i need more information on maybe i could pick your brain on that because what i've what i've i've spent a lot of time on is focusing on the hypocrisy of the left wing progressive movement and i i do feel like there is it is it is uh let me put it to you this way liberalism is the gateway drug to communism and you motherfuckers need to knock it off leftism right Leftism, not, yes. Leftism. It's not. It's not Democrats. I don't want people to mistake me. I'm not talking about you Democrats. Yeah. You normal American Democrats. You've I'll, been I'll, hijacked. Yeah. You have been hijacked. All right. And so, then, anyways, if I if I don't if I don't cut this off, you're going to be talking for the next thirty minutes, and you're going to be standing out there in yeah, the cold, waiting yeah. to come back in. So I'm going to be one, in big so. trouble, dude. My wife's going to. So kill number me. one, go. All right. So number one, your your homework assignment before we come back together is you're going to go to my YouTube channel. And you're going to watch the damn video that I put on understanding ideology. I'm putting that in my notes here. Hang on. You, need, you go watch that video. Yep. Okay. Because it's going to, exp it's going to open your eyes on a bunch of different things. I hope. Okay. Understanding ideology. It's on row hunting resources, YouTube channel. Go watch it. All right. Number two, what I was going to wrap up with is how do sportsmen square in the general public this reality that we enjoy killing shit because that is something that they fundamentally cannot wrap their head around us just the fact that we enjoy it and and I, i'm i'm not gonna I, mm -hmm. I, let's just, I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go, go any further guy maybe that's where we pick up or maybe that's yeah. something you chew on for the for the third one we we dive in on that one okay? yeah we could absolutely do it we'll kick and it then, off that and way. then jim put together a list of what the what the angry comments were and let's a did 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 we address them here did we provide clarification now i guess that there you there you go after because i'm gonna again i'm gonna literally walk up the stairs put this in my computer edit it this will be either be out tomorrow or the next the latest the next day but it'll probably be out tomorrow so inside of 24 hours this is going to be released and then by the time, Guy, we do this one again, we'll have some feedback on both of those to where Go maybe we maybe we addressed it. Maybe, maybe maybe me owning up to the fact that I was a dumbass on that and I was not thinking, you know, organized. Um, I, I wasn't organized. You were way more organized than I was. So maybe I, I think, yeah, I, I think so you're right, Chris. Let's let's kill it. Then let's go ahead. We'll kill it for now. This has been long enough. I, I mean, hey, I, I could keep going. Can I throw in there real quick, Chris, that like if if folks with your feedback, with your feedback, um, I I would love it if you put all three of our email addresses in there to give us feedback on these episodes. I'm Jim at the Western Huntsman dot com. Uh, Chris, you're what? Chris at Resources dot com. Yeah, Chris, C-H-R-I-S. Uh, guy at Western Contours dot com. I, I believe. Is that right, guy? Yes, sir. So it's it's super easy, guys, listening to this. Jim at the Western Huntsman.com, Chris at rowhuntingresources.com, and guy at westerncontours.com. Like throw the emails in there and give us your feedback, negative or positive. This stuff is super important. And I think that we all benefit, even if there's discourse and disagreement and all that. We That's we've got to hear this stuff. That's the point of this. That's the point of this. So um anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Sorry to cut you off. Good idea, Jim.
No, no. And, and same thing with Instagram d- direct message for me. I mean, just go ahead and jump yeah. on the yeah. direct message. Yeah. Yeah. All right, for cool. Sure. Jim. All right, buddy. Go turn, turn, turn your, your studio back into a hotel. Let those people. <laughs> Brother man, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. I am going to cut out right now. We'll Later, see, you. see you, man. Love you guys. Love you too, man. I uh, appreciate it, man. I pr- appreciate taking time. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, obviously you're up next as far as, you know, tackling whatever you want to tackle. But I just, for me on this one, I just wanted to, to I, I just was unsatisfied with my performance on that per that first one. And I figured, man, we got, I've got to have a more cogent freaking direction. Well, like, it's like, I'm talking about? it's like a train wreck, brother. You know what I mean? You, you have a train wreck and they look at how to improve the rail system for the next time. I don't know if we did, maybe we just cut off a bunch of the cars and, and just like, didn't put any people on it. Just, I don't know. What it <laughs> but it, I, it, it's, it's hard. Like I was saying earlier, it's hard when you meld life with your, with, with what we're talking about and our passion and our recreating and, you you can't pull the emotion out of it, and then just in this format with the three of us, you know, all having something to say, you it, it's hard to have a cohesiveness there. I thought we, I didn't think we did horrible. There was some stuff that we fell short on, and I, you know, like I expressed earlier, and then not providing answers or or you know something along the lines thereof. But I didn't think it was horrible. If it spurred some thought and and had somebody thinking like, oh man, the wheels were turning, I'm good with it. Well, and, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I, there's a couple things from this discussion that I think I would like to, I, I know Jim's gone, but um, some of it I, I think can, can probably stay for the next conversation. But um, one of the things that really, I, I, you know, people have asked me like, Chris, why, why the hell are you doing this? You know, stick there's some people that are absolutely vehemently against me doing this like you need to stick with your elk stuff and stay with the brand because you know if you watch it, it you know you look at some of the other guys like the elk bros and and some of the, anybody else that's in the elk um education sphere they're not touching anything like this with a 10 foot pole you know and and there's some there's some really solid advice uh, for that, you know, branding is, is, is important. Huge. People right. need to know you for what you are. And, you know, there's some people that are like, dude, you need to just shut the freaking hell up and just stick with your elk stuff and you're killing it. You know, you're doing great. Just, you know, keep with that or do your whitetail stuff or, but okay. The problem is it's one in the same though. For me, it is. Okay. Yeah. So that's what people are. Okay. Number one, that's who I am. That's, that's how I'm hardwired. Number one, that's, it's who I am. It's intrinsically who I am. There's not a, re- there, it, it, I didn't spend 10, 12 years in the trenches in Colorado, poli- you know, sports and politics because I was trying to build my brand as, as an elk expert. That's no, it's because I, I just passionately could not sit on the sidelines and watch progressive ideology run unchecked across and through and over the sportsman community and co-opt the sportsman community. And that's what's happening now. We've, we've got the progressive ideology co-opting the broad spectrum of sportsmen and making it sound like the broad spectrum of sportsmen agree with this particular organization and their stance, but they don't understand what that organization is actually doing in Washington, is actually doing on the public policy space. 
and what the devils and the details are actually they're they're advocate they're advocating for. Like I said, with the lead, you know, lead ammunition ban on you know this the wildlife refuges. How many action alerts did we get on you know rally 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 rally? I'm like, what the fuck? What can we have a discussion about National Wildlife Federation? Like they've 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 put on a code of men- like they've they've rebranded themselves as a sportsman's organization now. And again, I'm not going to dive into we will talk about that later on. But they've rebranded themselves as a sportsman's organization. It's been a, a it's been a, a a major platform of that organization for I don't know how long, and and we're just going to strategically ignore that. It, it, or more importantly, we're going to allow the sportsman community not to know that. And we're going to redirect the sportsman community over here. Rally, rally, pitchforks and, and, and torches and rah, 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 saber, saber, rah, 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 and go over there and, 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 and thrash their angst at the, at the animal activist groups and the anti-hunters, all those evil people. Um... We have people in our own ranks that are speaking on behalf of sportsmen, not on behalf of their group of sportsmen. No, they're speaking on behalf of the sportsmen as the whole, that sportsmen are the ones that stand on conservation. Sportsmen support science. Sportsmen are the ones that are the pillar of the North American model of wildlife conservation. Sportsmen are the ones that recover turkeys and deer and everything else. And sportsmen want to be the leaders. To, we, we, need to, we need to address this, this lead, con, you know, uh, lead contamination on the landscape. And, and, we, and we want to have a, a national lead ban on, on federal public lands. <laughs> Same thing with the climate change stuff. We'll, we'll get into sportsmen groups later on in the discussion. But anyway, my point being, the, the reason why I wanted to bring this up, everybody that listens to me and follows me knows that these past couple of years, I've been really, really struggling with a couple of different things just in my own life. And I've really tried to, to expand my understanding of myself. What do I believe? Why do I believe it? How do I square it? How do I, how do I understand and identify with other people? And, and, and so Jordan Peterson has been a, a massive influence on that and, and really opened my eyes to a couple of things. But no, a couple of things, bunch of things. He so he's he's recently um gotten involved with and and doing stuff with Daily Wire. And Daily Wire is more of a conservative leaning uh think tank and, and media outlet and media. Uh there's a lot of different commentary stuff in there. But anyway, Daily Wire Plus. So Jordan Peterson started out, he did a a really great job on YouTube talking about the biblical series and he went through the book of Genesis and he, and he analyzed it from a, a from a, a human psychology standpoint, not a, from a theologian, a theologian as a theologian or a, a, a religious standpoint. Phenomenal job. I mean, like millions upon millions of people have watched it and uh, it's been a, a big part of discussion in, in my life and, and even some of my family. Well, with Daily Wire Plus, he went in and he is gone into the book of Exodus and he's talking about that. I was literally the first episode. They And this one is awesome because it's a round table of some really heavy thinkers, like seriously, like be, uh, you sit there and you're like, you just, you just sit there and you're like, I just want this to go on forever because these guys are incredible. I got to watch them like two and three times, dude. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Because it's just, it's just information packed where you can't yeah. digest it. Dude, I literally. One. Two, and I've got it like 
hour, 40 minutes, three, four, five, six. So I've got six pages of notes just on the first episode of what they were talking about. And this six pages relates to sportsman's issues. On the first episode of discussing the first chapter of Genesis. This this is my life, Matt. Like you go down you go down the rabbit hole of Jordan Peterson and you're and you want to intellectually engage, your mind's gonna just freaking blow out of your ears. Anyway, one of the things that came out of that discussion, and it's come out as a theme before, but it really hit me because I was preparing for this podcast and this discussion that I want to embark in over the next weeks and months. The question came up as with the Jewish community, the Jewish community and, and people in general. Do you actually ever know someone? And really more importantly, do you ever know yourself until you're until you're actually tested? And it seems like a really innocuous thing to ask. But then you just take a second and be like, hold on a minute. It's now that the war on terror is done and, and we're out of Afghanistan and we're not doing stuff major in Iraq. We've got all these military people coming home, medically retired, retired, getting out, whether we're talking green berets, we're talking about uh, it, special operations forces, whether we're talking Navy, Army, Marines, whatever. And whether we're talking about Proficiency in firearms and training firearms, whether we're talking about proficiency in physical fitness and jujitsu or other other things like that, or whether we're talking about preparedness. And how many times in that sphere, which is wildly popular within the sportsman community, because again, a lot of sportsmen are that rugged individualist that, that we want to do things for ourselves and be self-reliant and blah, 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 blah. So there's a lot of crossover with the sportsman community and the 2A community and the, the preparedness community and the ex-military special operations community, right? And how many times are we educated that we will never rise to the occasion, we only fall back to our level of training? And that's why they hammer at home that if you want to be proficient with a handgun, you need to be out there practicing and training. If you want to be proficient with an AR style weapon platform, you need to be out there training. doesn't matter what you buy. It doesn't matter if you buy a, a Walmart freaking AR or a Daniel Defense or a, 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 a Bravo company or, or it doesn't matter what you buy. If you're not out there training, it doesn't matter because you're not going to rise to the occasion and be some superhero when you've never trained, you're just going to fall back to your level of training. And if you have none, you're going to fall back and fall on your face, which means you haven't tested yourself. If you're not out there training, 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 and this is why WOFT, W-O-F-T, and other uh, organizations are out there training people in these life or death situations and in preparedness situations. Fieldcraft survival, Mike Glover talks about a lot of different stuff. It's testing yourself, testing yourself, testing yourself. And it's easy to talk about testing yourself physically or with your skill set. How many people, how many of us actually test ourselves with what we believe? Like test ourselves between our ears. And the reason why this hit home is important because I didn't even think about the fact that this happened with my my family. So I and I don't remember if I talked about it on yours or with somebody else, but you know, I grew up in a very strict born-again Christian family as a kid. And so church was that that we were there Sunday morning for Sunday school. We were there Sunday service. We were there Sunday night service. We were there Wednesday nights. And I was there for Friday night 
uh, youth group. Okay. That's, that was my life. That was what we did. And it was church, 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 church. Okay. And this is what we believe. Fast forward. You know, I, I go my own way. I'm doing my own thing. I get married to Kelly. Kelly is an unbeliever. All right. At the time. And in the Bible, it says, you know, you know, do not basically believers shouldn't, you know, be unequally yoked, you know, with, with a, a believer and non-believer, you know, you shouldn't be blah, 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 blah. And so my family really wasn't happy with the fact that, you know, I chose to marry Kelly. But my brother, no, they, they weren't spiteful of her. They didn't hate her or anything, but they were just like, oh, this is going to be, you know. So my brother, very much at the time, very straight and narrow, very religious. Um, it was interesting because my brother would make a statement when, when we were in mixed company or just talking on the phone or whatever, he'd make a statement. It would relate to some religious principle or idea or whatever. And Kelly never growing up in that, she would just challenge it that fast. She's like, mm, I don't think so because of this. And it threw my brother for a loop. Like, he's like, what the, what, what, and, and you're like, Bruh! and here we go. And it was just this back, boom, back, back, and Kelly not having it. She didn't give a shit about the state. She didn't, it actually became fun for her because she could just set him off. Set like, him off. <laughs> she, she could just make a statement and just, but here's the thing that I love about my brother. And, and I always respect about him is the fact that he's the type of person. He's like, he's very much like me. You piss me off. I don't go away. I get motivated. Like, I'm not going to go away. I I might go away for a little bit, but when I come back, oh, hell. Because I, I, you just motivated me, and I'm going to come back strong. Okay? So that's what he would do. That He'd go. He'd be, it would piss him off. He'd be like, he'd go, and he'd spend like a week thinking and research and thinking, and he'd come back. Okay, so I was thinking about this and what Kelly said. What ended up happening? was Kelly challenged every fundamental basis of his belief structure. And he had to face standing there and defending it. And he never had to defend it, actually defend it. And what did it do? It opened his eyes. He was able to shed off some BS that he didn't even realize was BS. But the stuff that actually had bedrock, the stuff that had traction, it fortified that and he built upon that better. And what did it do to Kelly? It completely changed her mindset on what some of the belief structure was and why and the value and how and what. Both parties that are polar opposites on the ends of the spectrum and agreed to engage in a vigorous but respectful debate. And as uncomfortable as it was, maybe not as uncomfortable for Kelly, as uncomfortable was for my brother, both sides got stronger in their belief, more concise in understanding in their belief, and actually found out that they were a lot closer than where they started. No, and and when it, when I was watching that, and when I was preparing for this, that is what hit me. I was like, I don't think sportsmen have really been challenged in this intellectually from someone within their ranks. 
to defend themselves. It's easy to stand on polar opposite ends of a spectrum. Again, my understanding ideology. The, the idea is it's on a linear spectrum. On the left is the left, on the right is the right, and nary the two shall meet. That's not how it is. It's a sphere. But I don't think the sportsman community these days has every... Every so often we we were tested. I don't think the generation of sportsmen we have today, especially within the within the 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 confines and the and the ranks of the, this latest round of activism and advocacy and mobilization of of action. I don't sportsmen haven't been tested. Sports sportsmen have have not had to wrestle with what they believe why they believe it defend it from a from an intellectual argument from like me like i said in the first one with with jim's on jim's podcast i'm in your community and you can't even win me over to your argument how the hell are you going to win on the on the on the 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 battlefield of ideas when you are again what do you say we're less than five percent If nothing else, if nothing else, maybe I or we or whatever, we never come up with a solution. We never come up with an answer. We never come up with any advice whatsoever. If nothing else, I'm happy if all this does is make people think. Think, exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, it's interesting when you were saying that, right? There was a time, I mean you know, California, Southern California, I would, you know, I've said it a bunch of times on the podcast for years, you were, you know, a stealthy hunter just because you didn't want to catch flack, right? You couldn't go and just like here in college, man, I could run up the mountain with my gun, just park down on the road. Nobody ever thinks of it there. I, I was hushed, you'd man. Have, you'd remember. have SWAT on you. You'd have oh, SWAT. dude. I remember coming out the woods, having a lady see his eyes get this big, pull over, and she's looking in her side view, and she's on the phone, you know. And it's like, oh shit, I know what's going on there. And I think that was the the dawn for me, if you will. And I started talking about it, and and I don't want to say defending it, but I was talking to people that didn't get it, and and explaining it to them why I did it and why I enjoyed it. And it really was an eye opener for me because the amount of people that had no understanding of why we did it, well, why don't you just go to the store? Because that's not, you know what I mean? That's always what they think. Um, And I don't, you know, like I said, what you were just saying made me think about that. Um, And in, you know, in defense of no one has that conversation going back to what we said in the first episode, it's the echo chamber. It's the silo. We're not having that conversation. The issues that do come up, we're hoping that somebody else has our best interest right. and they're doing the right thing. So right. we rally and get behind that. And we have no idea in our own minds of why we do it outside of we just like doing it and we can't defend it. Right. We we can't even explain it. And then we don't we don't even know the organizations, what they're actually doing 
for, right. when behind the curve. We, we, yeah, we don't even know what we want to argue and why we argue what we argue in ourselves, but then we we pitch it off to an organization that says they're working in our best interest, and we're like, oh, good, that they can do it. I, I let them do it, and we haven't even investigated what the hell they're actually doing. Right. I, we can hear what they say, but what are they doing? Well, I've said it earlier, even just in, in some of the individual actions, I may disagree. So as I read through it, and not just their their action alert, when I go into Senate bill or Assembly bill or whatever it is, and I'm like, well, there is some validity to why this is they're trying to put this in place. I don't know that I'm vehemently against it just to be against it. Right. You know, it's and it's kind of a you find yourself in this dilemma with it, but I have to be honest to who I am and I'm going to look at what it means to me, how it affects me and what I want to do. But I also have to look at how it affects the landscape and I do give a shit. So I have to put the best foot forward and I can't just get behind everything. Right. And it, it, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's a dilemma, man. We're, we are in a huge conundrum as sportsmen. Oh yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, because we're not operating in the same environment that we used to. Again, like you just said, you know, Colorado, you can run up the hill with a with an AR strapped to your back, and not a single person, not even flinch, if you, not even where you live. Now, if I was doing that in Boulder on public land, okay, that's a different story, and they would lose their shit. But if you go in Southern Colorado, there's SWAT team on you, and there's a helicopter over your head. Okay, so it, it it's a different, obviously, different places. Excuse me, different places are different, but we're we're just in a different world. I mean. Back when I was a kid, we used to have shotguns and rifles on the gun rack in the back of our vehicles at, at, at high school. Like, you, you can't do that anymore. Okay, so as many, and I deal with this at, in the small town that I live in here in Logan, is it, there's a lot of people that are just, they just do not want to see change. They don't want to change. They they love the idea of their small town. They love the idea of what the town used to be. Okay, guys, it's it's that was 20 years ago. It's it's not It's not the same. And and we can sit there and we say we we want things to stay the same. I I do too, but it's not. It's it's it. And this is the, the this is my creative my my concern that I said before is I'm just not seeing the sportsman community evolve and and get more intelligent and and get better at understanding themselves. It seems like we're going we're retrograding backwards into a more worthless state of emotionalism. And that breaks my heart because that is that we are going to lose. Well, we don't know how to fight it. We we because we we've allowed or or hope that someone else is going to do it. That goes back to what I said. That's the problem. We don't even know where to start. And after our last episode, that's that's kind of the the issue I was battling with myself. Like you know, I said it on that episode. Like I want to make a difference as as one person. How the do you make that big of a difference? And then you said in this episode is who's fighting? Well, I've seen people that'll start off and then it's like, okay, this guy is strong, right? They're about it. And then you're battling, just call it social media and what we value, right? And then you get tired of it because it's like, well, no one's no one's here to help me. I'm just a dude yeah. doing this on my own and, and people get tired. You can't. Like you were saying with you, you know, you fought that battle, but how how sustainable is that for an individual? Okay, right? so what what you just and that's to see, and this is what's going to end up coming up with, and I I hope I remember 
because uh, that came, that thought came up earlier today, and I hope I can remember to put it in my discussion about sportsmen's organizations because the progressive ideology, that is one of the tactics that they employ. They'll make things so damn confusing and overwhelming and just bombard you to where you can't function. You're like, this is way too fucking Didn't much. you burn out? I just, I want to check out. I don't care. And I will, because again, anybody that reads the art of war or, or anybody that's in the military, especially infantry, what, what's the, what, if you're in war as the infantry, what do you want to do? You either want to destroy the enemy, kill them, wipe, wipe the enemy out or what? Some of my military guys have already answered this. Remove their will to fight. You don't have to kill them. If they just lay down their arms, they're like, I don't give a shit. I'm out. I'm done. That's easier. So some of these progressive organizations and some of, the, of what we're seeing today is purposeful overwhelming because they know damn well that the average person cannot comprehend it. They're not going to put the bandwidth to it. They're not going to put the, this is why, again, it's the useful idiot. They know you're an idiot. And I mean, I don't mean that as a pejorative. They know damn well you're not going to do the research. They know damn well you don't care. You've got all the other things in your head that you want to spend time on. They know that you're not going to step up. All they're going to do is overwhelm you to where you just check the freaking hell out. Good. Because then they can continue and speak, quote unquote, on your behalf. Mm -hmm. However, they feel fit. And you are the ones that have to take it in the shorts later on. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes to that being their nine to five and this being recreation this for us. This is their yeah. life. It, yeah. You nailed it. This is their life. This is our, this is our recreation, our passion. Yeah. It's yeah. not our, it's not our end all be all. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, again, I hope people's wheels are turning, but it is when you stop and you really think about it and you look at it and you start doing just a little bit of research, it is a grim I hate to sound like that too, but it is a grim, grim outlook. If if we stay on the current course, yes. Yes, yes. If people start waking up and getting really critical and start poking finger, like, hold on a minute, what you know, starting asking questions, ooh, that landscape changes very, very rapidly. And I saw that in person in Colorado. When people when people critically stand up and start asking questions and getting involved in it, you know cerebrally intellectually emotionally involved in critical thinking holy hell we are a force to be reckoned with we do have credibility to bring to the landscape and, and to bear on the landscape but but we're going to have to evolve it's nothing it's 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 no different than a predator prey relationship if the prey species do not evolve to defend against the predators the predators will wipe them out and the predators, if they do not involve to be able to capitalize on the prey species and the changes the prey species are doing, the predators are going to die out. They they're going to have to evolve together. Otherwise, one will wipe out the other. And this is where I hope these discussions are, are going to help. We need to start having a discussion. about. I'm, I'm glad that Robbie is out there with Blood Origins talking about how great hunting is and, and, and all the, the great and glorious things about it. Uh, I'm I'm glad that the meat eater guys are out there talking about showing how awesome some of this lifestyle is and, and the cool stuff that can be done and blah, blah, blah. I, I'm glad for all of that. There has to be a portion somewhere out there in the in the the podcast just sphere. 
there's got to be someone that starts having internal conversations within our community and start asking hard questions. I didn't want to be that person. I don't know if you wanted to be that person. I don't think Jim, maybe Jim wanted to be that person, but if, if that's what we need to be, Jim then just wants to fuck them all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if nothing else, hopefully people ask, start asking questions. Yeah. So, brother, I'll, I'll let you go, man. I appreciate right, your time tonight. Um, yeah. Uh, again, so for those listening, the first discussion that started out was on Jim Huntsman's uh, podcast. Uh, go listen to that. It's the last podcast that he he released, so you can go listen to that one. Um, and then obviously this one is here. Uh, Guy uh, on your Western Contours podcast. Um, you can go listen to our last discussion in September if you're really a glutton <laughs> for punishment. But anyway. Um, we're going to continue this discussion on Guy's podcast here uh, coming up. So, yeah, I appreciate who, anybody that's listened to this, especially if they've gone this far down the rabbit hole with us. Appreciate you listening. And, again, if you – we always love to hear feedback. Jim made a great point. Reach out to us via email. Reach out to us through our Instagram or Facebook pages if you want. Again, I am not actively looking at Facebook. I'm only on Instagram. But you can go to each of our pages and, and hit us in the DMs and give us your feedback. If you are angry or pissed off or you disagree with what we're saying here, I want to hear. I, I want to hear it. I know Guy does. I know Absolutely. Jim does. But here's my point. Here's what I would ask. I, I don't want your emotional reaction. It, you can you can share with me your emotional reaction, but I want you then to extend your articulated argument for your your emotional reaction give me something to chew on don't just tell me i'm an asshole i know that already okay so just get just let me know okay this is what i don't agree with chris and here's why okay that's that's something i can work with and we can work that into the the upcoming next discussions but um and and uh, trust me i've 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 gotten some really good feedback um one of them and i we we just ran out of time tonight um this uh bump, 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 I, I I deserve or this this person deserves Jeff Finn. Jeff, if you're listening to this, brother, uh I, I got your email. It was awesome. Uh yes. Uh you brought up some good points, and there's some points I hope maybe we discussed that tonight. Um, but yeah, I, there's a bunch of stuff that you brought up that 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 we're gonna that I'm gonna dive into at least. But um anyway, so there's some really good feedback that folks are getting. And Jeff was one of those ones that that articulated things very intelligently, said, I agree with some things, I disagree with some things, here's some things to chew on. What about these ideas? That's the stuff that's gonna move the needle. The those those type of in, engagements are gonna move the needle. Um so please absolutely feel free to reach out and let us know on those things. Guy, I'll let you have the last word. We'll kill it. Where can people find you? Uh, Western Contours uh, on Instagram, um, Facebook. I'm I'm pretty inactive on both at the moment. I will, if you get me in a DM, I will definitely answer that. Guy at westerncontours.com on the email. Um yeah, appreciate everybody listening. Hope the wheels are spinning. And like uh like Chris said, if uh you know you agree or disagree, let us know why so we can we can tackle that and keep the wheels spinning. Love to engage you in conversation. 
Yeah, and the other thing too is, and you gave me criticism last time, and I'm going to give you criticism now. You forgot to mention your your what is it, Western Flies? Oh yeah, Western Fly Covers, uh, WesternFlyCovers.com, um, and then Western Fly Covers, um, Western Fly underscore Covers on Instagram. Yeah, so pack covers and and basically just yeah. Well, there you go, yeah. pat, waterproof. Yeah. Keep keeping the elements out of your stuff that you care about. So, yep. no, that's cool. I, 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 that's a, it's an awesome product, and I, I need to get. Thank you, man. I need to get a bunch of them. Um, and then for Jim, I'll, I'll again, I'll reiterate what Jim said. Um, it's the Western Hus- Western Huntsman podcast. Jim Huntsman, uh, you can get a hold of him on on the socials as well. And then everybody knows how to get hold of me. Just Chris, you're just row hunting resources everywhere it goes. If you want to know more about uh, understanding ideology and, and some of the things where I'm going, again, I mentioned it in, and I, I strongly recommend you go watch the video I did. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's kind of long, but again, what isn't with mine? I'm sorry. It is it is what it is. But if you want to understand ideology and how people think, uh, it's a good starting point. And then from there, if you really want to get into if you if you know that you are going to engage other people on the landscape, whether public policy uh, your family, your friends, your workplace. I can't recommend highly enough. I, I, I'm not associated with them. I just love them. But go to the understandmyself.com, uh, the personality course. You can either take the test, get it, or just take the course and understand it. And I, I would recommend people take the course because it starts to, to, you start to understand how other people think. And if you understand how other people think, it will help you <laughs> mold your argument whatever that argument is way better to where you can communicate with them and they actually you can communicate them with them within their wavelength and and realm of understanding to where they'll actually hear what you're saying and and just rather you know not tune you out so anyway all right brother i'm gonna kick you loose i'm gonna go up i'm gonna download this i'm gonna upload it and try to get it loaded uh for tomorrow and uh we'll go from there be a good Friday. Listen, thanks, brother. I'll All right, man. We'll Love you. you. Talk to you soon. Love you. Later.